Oh, it's the it's the decaying empire and all that. It is. It is indeed. What about decency? What about civility? What about civility? <laughs> Why didn't they just vote? I know, but like we, they did vote. You see, I, I'm I'm all confused here. I don't understand. They did, and, and they lost their vote in thin margins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear. I was uh so I didn't so tell me the story because I wasn't very fully informed. I've only was half following it when you were all going kind of off in the Twitter. Did Trump do a rally and they all turned up with arms and then he sent them off? Is that is that what oh, happened? I, th I thought he did a rally last night. I I think I'm pretty sure he did a rally last night. I don't think he did a rally today, although I could be wrong. Okay, yeah, no, because like um so we got another who else we have here we've got a uh, forklift work work posting all the way from norway oh you're just to mute let me unmute you you've muted yourself forklift yeah no are. it's fine it's cold as fuck though but <laughs> where are you in uh, norway oslo oslo okay my brother is living in in stavanger yeah, really yeah. shit place. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I yeah, like. Yeah, they got it's it's like oil, oil capital. Yeah. So they have like a lot of really shitty middle management posh boys. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um what do you call it? Uh yeah, so uh I hear in Norway they're starting to call the Trump uh presidency the, the US regime. Is that yeah, is that they, true? They did it on the on the state news, so the <laughs> equivalent to the BBC. That is too good. I like that. I'm going to call him the regime. We should be calling Biden the regime. Let's be. Let's yeah. be true. Uh, e minor, what have you been up to? Oh, I've just been looking at the streams all day. I I got nothing done today. <laughs> what, what time did it start? Oh God! I think it started uh, probably around noon, maybe. Okay, uh, yeah, so sometime around there, noon Eastern time. Uh, I'm gonna try to look when uh, stuff went down. Maybe like one p.m. And what's the general gist of like? Are you like surrounded by libs? Was it you that was in the chat saying you were surrounded by libs, or is it somebody else? No, that was someone else. Yeah. So, like, what's the general gist there, or do you know, or what? What are your friends or family making of all the madness? Oh, I don't know. I think it's oh, that's crazy. These people are nuts. Right, stuff like that. You know. Have people seen the clip of <laughs> uh, the cops just like opening the barricades and letting them all run into the capital? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did that. So, like, what's that like? Is that just like because cops are cupilled? Is that what people think? Or they just thought, oh, should we let them in? See what happens. Or are people, you know, it's America. God, man, what are the conspiracies going to be like about who these cops were? Yeah, I don't know. There's like, oh, did they let them in so that they could like... Discredit them. Credit uh, or like kettle them in or something. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what the 
directives or uh, I don't know what if there's going to be an investigation or anything like into this stuff. Like, you know, this is something that Derek posted in the chat now about a a few minutes ago. What time? No, it's about an, an hour ago. Exactly. Let me just see if I can share my screen and get this one up. So we can see it. Um, this I found interesting. Now, uh, it okay? Can we see that there? Let me see if I can. Can I increase the size of this? Uh, how do I do that? So I so this is basically the the. Uh, I don't know if anybody can see it on the screen. Like it's pretty small here for me, but it's like it's it's like. Let me read it. Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. The vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of acting president. Uh, Thereafter, when the president transmits, and it goes on to say all the way that the vice president can pass it back, and then it's confirmed that the defense uh, department, Secretary of Defense, confirms it was Vi- Vice President Mike Pence, not President Trump, who authorized the deployment of the National Guard. So that kind of makes you think like, like somebody's asking here, did Pence invoke the 25th Amendment? But it kind of looks like that might have been... Uh, if not officially done, but kind of done in uh, in the background, so that's kind of uh, pretty wacky. Yeah, well, he posted uh, at around one o'clock, um, Mike Pence, um, the like uh, the screenshot of like we're going to be counting the electoral votes and blah 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 and. Uh, uh, to the best of my knowledge, like nothing's gonna like like he's not I don't think he's planning on uh you know saying that Trump is gonna be president or something. Uh so you know. I I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to get like any any like reliable stuff. I don't know. Um like I don't think we've heard from a lot a lot of like senators or uh or pelosi or anybody like that i think i think they're all just in a state of like what the hell do we do now <laughs> like apparently uh nancy pelosi is like huddled in a secret room in the capitol hill and she's been surrounded like swarmed by the squad so like they, they have like you know a double layer of squad members all around her protecting her and going to take bullets for her that's that's the rumor <laughs> yeah controversial, controversial. yeah <laughs> Let, not well, controversial but, at all let's forget Roniel. but on the the mike pence uh calling it the national guard i think also like in very stressed environments communication breaks down and like it goes quite quickly to initiative and like if yeah. you call it the national guard like the legal stuff might not be worked out. It did have to act in the moment, and like, yeah, but I don't think like seriously like there's no chance that this is an actual coup. It may be like Trump's pathetic attempt at kind of madness, 
But like, in in no way does this look like in any way an organized coup. But like, no, no, it's definitely not a coup like state wise. No, like as in like, you know, all they have to have is Joe Biden out in Virginia in some air force, and they just let these idiots run around Capitol Hill for a week or two. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, but... even if it was a week, like they could just mop them up. And like, and if they really want it, they can get them really easy, you know. All they need to do is barricade them in and gas, steam them up. Let them but it doesn't have to be a coup to be like a substantial political uh, crisis. Consequences. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. That... So, and and Biden has his own interests and his own friends who are not necessarily aligned with with the Trump administration on every point and. When this crisis uh, erupts, he wants to look like a man of action, a savior of the regime or whatever. And and then he outplays Trump on this. I don't I don't think it necessarily was a particularly planned or thought out action. No, I, I think it's just like, you know, um, barring like the four or five days in the middle of the summer when I didn't sleep and I, I was like, there was a... It was like one of these uh, reality TV programs they had in on, on in in UK about ten years ago, where they got it was like a sleep deprivation one, and they didn't like they got everybody like <laughs> in a room and they all went like kind of crazy after about three or four days, and they had to stop the program and stop broadcasting. So like when I didn't sleep for like a few days in the middle of summer, I thought like this is the revolution or something like mad. But like you know, I think that there is as much chance as this do anything as George Floyd was is spontaneously becoming a communist revolution. That's the way I put it. But what I, I think it does display is a deep, deep kind of crisis in American politics, as in, and in society. It just shows like how messed up things have gotten, that this is a, that this is a thing that can actually end up happening. And I think as the American like it empire like starts losing its value like everybody in europe looking at this now happening like like people i don't know i don't i think people in the states i don't know it's hard to tell but like like the like looking at since the coronavirus and trump and all this stuff like people i you you tell me now forklift you're in uh you're you're in norway there like what is the general gist of normie people in Norway when they look at America now? Do they see it as a shining beacon of light, a leading figure for democracy and truth around the world? Not talking about your anarchist or your your Marxist commie friends, but just like your da or like your granny. No, but but like at work, for example, and I I work at like a large warehouse, and we're outside and we're smoking and we started talking about the George Floyd uprising and like people who. We're not particularly anti-police in Norway. They're like, oh, fuck the American police. You know, if I live there, I would have no choice. I would have to shoot one. You know, I'm a black man or whatever. You know, that's the yeah. kind of conversation that's going. And I think the sort of ideal of America that was very strong uh, and has been like a very strong influence over Europe is very much in decline. And it has been in decline for a long while, but it's really started escalating with Trump. Breaks sort of the, the illusion of, of like proper 
competent leadership and the coronavirus and the, the uprising. And now this, <laughs> this, this fucking uh, coup attempt or whatever, uh, it really shows it as, as sort of a capitalist state in decline. And, and I think people get this, this intuitively. Yeah, no, it, it is kind of crazy. Let, let's have a look in the chat here. Erica is saying, uh, "Putch, lol." Yeah, that was that was my that was my my thinking. I wasn't it wasn't a serious title there, Erica. Before you even get uh, lose lose your head. Let's see here. Somebody else here said, "What is it?" It's going quite quick in the chat here. We're, we're getting a few people, but I like this comment here. The U.S. The U.S. could deal with could use with a T-shock. Could use a T-shock. You know, and that's true. Like, you know, if ever there's like great leadership to be on display, it's always the Irish political class. Um, let's go down. Um, we're supposed to have some uh, emancipation crew on soon, but uh, we'll see sure when they hop on. Um, uh, e minor, any thoughts yourself on the situation? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like what do you think is gonna to happen today? Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's gonna to happen today, but uh, like I think Joe Biden's gonna be like reelected and uh, like gonna be inaugurated. Uh, I don't know if I don't know what's gonna happen if MAGA is gonna be like feel defeated or feel um uh yeah, I don't I don't know. Because like they've had like like the thing is, is like people say that like uh, this is, um, you know, like oh look, look at this is kind of like a win for the MAGA people because they were just let in Congress. But like I think like three people have died already, or like one what I know one has already died. Uh, some some lady got shot in the neck. Uh, there was there was a guy that got a heart attack from a flashbang and. Some guy was climbing, climbing the scaffolding or something, or climbing like something, and he like fell off, and he's in like critical condition. So I, I don't know what, uh, you know, I don't know if they're gonna like, gonna think it's like a win or like they're gonna be betrayed or, or I, I think that they were probably delusioned or deluded to think that Pence was gonna. Pence was gonna like this was gonna be the day, because that that that's what this was supposed to be. It's like oh, just wait, January sixth, Trump's unveiling his his masterpiece, <laughs> and now like they're calling the National Guard like over him, and he's like telling them to go home, and like so I, I, I don't know, um, but I think like this is it's definitely worrying how. Uh, how nutty these people are, and how kind of prepared they are um, to to scrap. You know, do you think do you think they're prepared to scrap? I don't think they're prepared to scrap. Well, well, they're definitely prepared to scrap with um, you know um, Antifa. You know, anyone who they think is Antifa, which is you know anyone on the left or BLM or you know. Are they, I, I, like, I, I don't think this I don't think this this is is gonna do well for those instances and I think I think the Biden pres presidency is just gonna see a continuation of 
street battles with this stuff. So, you know, I, 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 I don't think that it's, this might be a, a morale booster. It might not, but I don't know. I, I don't see it. Uh, unless, unless, uh, like 50% of these people are like put into federal prison, you know, which, you know, like the fallout from that could be not great for the lefty there, but you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't see it working out all that well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't like m- my impression of looking at stuff. Uh, I'm not, uh, obviously not on the ground, but my impression of looking at stuff is that like n- these uh, Proud Boy MAGA types, they are interested in going around in a group and if they catch a random leftist giving them a beating, right? But they're not interested in in a big like show of force versus another one. It's not really a thing. Nothing really kicks off too much. It's, it's, it's kind of uh, a, a charade. I also get the impression that like, they thought the cops would be undersized. They roll up there with their arms and their guns like in Michigan State. They think they'll be let in. They can let off a bit of steam. But things have kind of gotten a bit out of hand. Yeah. Maybe they're a bit more riled up too. Like, let's yeah. not, they might actually be riled up. But, you know, a huge element of like what we, we see, like, I don't know, from what they're just pictures and general gist of this, the people that are there. It seems like there's a hell of a lot of like ment- mental illness on show, you know, not, 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 not taking the pace. Like I think a lot of people there seem like they like, it's not like they're like organized fash or anything. It's kind of like, I, maybe there are a lot of that there, but there's also a large element of people who look like they've, you know, have some form of schizophrenia or, you know, kind of just general run-of-the-mill kind of crazies. I don't know if, if what people think about that. Yeah, I mean, the stuff whips people up into a frenzy, uh, you know, definitely. And uh, I think I think it's more of, like, the just the cultural, like, white supremacist, like, rot in America. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I th- you know, there might be... Uh, some stuff but uh, I, don't, I don't know i think i think the stuff is is pretty organized like we've we've known for a while that they were gonna like this was gonna be the day and you know um a lot of like you know the proud boys have been organizing a lot you know uh over the past couple of years and stuff but um yeah it's uh not I, not I, good stuff um uh, earlier today uh, or uh, yesterday, depending on time zone, there was this video of uh, police and Proud Boy clashing. Um, yeah. And sort of my, my view of, of it is that they, they, of course, right now, they seem somewhat disorganized, undisciplined, uh, lacking sort of a spirit of commitment when they fight with police, like not really pushing. It's like bit of showing here, here, here and there, but not like full on. Um, but you can't bet on this uh, continuing to be uh, a trend. If they start having more direct confrontation with the police, like 
it isn't that hard to be pretty disciplined. With experience, it comes quickly. So, so if the Biden is, um, presidency is marked with a series of like far-right engagement on the street, they will, of course, adapt. Just as when BLM started, there was a lot of like so-and-so um, discipline and tactics on the ground, but it quickly like professionalized itself. And, and the same might happen with the Proud Boys or Trumpist or whatever. Like, yeah, it, it may happen, but like, you know, my, my like the thing is with the the whole uh, this whole like uh, Proud Boy element or whatever, it's like the state could just shut them down very quickly if they wanted to. If they actually just set the FBI on them, and you know, like they could do to the what they did to the Klan in the sixties, they could literally decide, okay, this is a kind of an organizational power structure in the state or within this nation we want to uh, just. Uh, take apart like the question is is like does the does biden and those have the actual will or are they kind of happy to have them sitting there as a kind of a boogie boogeyman oh let's add in tiberius here tiberius what do you make of that uh you mean about uh whether or not biden is going to use this as an excuse to clamp down on all uh uh, popular movements left and right well as i know look let's assume he's going to clamp down on the left ones that's just a given so the thing is like will he actually clamp down <laughs> like they did on the clan on on this kind of q on proud boy stuff uh i don't know i mean it kind of remains to be seen uh how much of this is just superficial tantrum throwing and how much of this is like a legitimate threat. I, yeah, like, I mean, there's a, there's a large segment of this that, you know, is, is definitely like QAnon and adjacent and could potentially be like a, a serious threat to, to people uh, bodily and their livelihoods. But, you know, I, Biden is still like, he's still a couple weeks away from being president we don't know what's going to happen on uh, January 20th. And it's it's hard to see how this sort of like keeps up at this kind of level uh, past the inauguration. It's quite early as well. Like what date is today? The Is it the 6th? Um, you know, so. Yeah, it's the 6th right now. Like two weeks of mayhem, you wouldn't know what could happen. But like, I don't think, I think a lot of most people will be quite shocked at what happened. And I would think most Republicans, I think this gives, like part of me thinks this gives the fuel to the Republican Party to actually dump Trump. Um, you know, you, you have people like, what's your man? The Dan Crenshaw. I saw that goddamn ad today where he jumped out of an airplane. That was, that was hella brilliant. Uh, but like he... He came out and said, like, quit this fucking shit or something like that. And, like, he's kind of modeling them. Like, to me, he seems to be, like, one of the more likely ones to come into that kind of Trumpian mold. And he's going against it. So, like, I think that the Republican Party would... I think there's a good chance they would uh, use this as a way to throw Trump under the bus. Like, you'd have to think... The establishment knew what was going on. They, 
something like the Proud Boys would be riddled with informers. Like, all you have to do is name fucking cornflakes boxes, you know, while you're getting punched in the ribs to join it or something. So it's like, how could it, how could it not be riddled with informants and they not know what's going down? So it seemed to me that they, they want... It, it seems quite likely that they, they wanted this as a... Maybe use it as a way to allow the Republicans to dump that element. Anybody? Yeah, I think they're like... I don't know. I think that they're kind of wanting to ride it out. Now I think it's they're like they wanted to like you know they wanted to like try to play nice with Trump. You know, like oh well, you know we should have an election. You know, a look at uh, a look at you know the election. What if there was fraud? You know, to kind of placate those people. Um, maybe they don't want a challenger or anything, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. With this stuff, is definitely could. I mean, they found a pipe bomb at the RNC. Like, I like this. Uh, this could very well discredit, um, you know, explicit like Trump succession kind of um, Trumpism. Uh, I feel bad saying that because I think it's a lot of liberals use that way too much, but like, yeah, I don't know. Um, like it'll uh, be with, interesting with the, in, in the Republican party, but you know, I don't know. Will, will, will the bourgeois, will, will they turn, will they put the, the pressure on Fox news, Newsmax, and all these, what's that one? Own, own, uh, what's the Spanish one. Are they going to like put pressure on them to, well, Fox be... News has already been like um, criticizing Trump and not, you know, going along with it. And now his supporters are moving to like Newsmax and What in America <laughs> News Network, uh, you know, the, the really like explicitly Trump, uh, you know, basically alternative media. Um, um, so, yeah, yeah, I definitely don't. I, you had the National Association of Manufacturers like recommend the the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Uh, I'm pretty sure, as long as that wasn't doctored. When like, today? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try to look it up. That's really interesting. That is good. Like, and apparently the Joint Chiefs of well, oh no, no, it was Vice Pence that called out the the chiefs of uh, the National Guard. I was wondering was was it actually Pence, or was it actually just the National Chief? The chief. I think they said it, it was Pence and uh, the other people from the military and Senate leaders, and they didn't involve Trump. So I don't know if that's yeah, like because... a Twenty Fifth Amendment thing, or is that's just like uh, this guy's stupid and he just is going to watch TV all day. So we'll go. Or, in over his head. I don't think that specifically is a 25th amendment thing. I mean, there's, um, there, there's real talk among the Republicans right now about whether or not they should be doing this. I kind of doubt they will. Um, but like in, in all of this, it's not really so much that the Republicans are walking away from Trump. Trump is just doing what he does with every, uh, every business partner of his that doesn't, swear complete fealty to him and he's just pushing them away 
I mean, that's that's what he's always done. Like everybody who's worked with him in his business has always been burned by Trump. And so this is just this is just the point in which the Republicans can no longer um, support Trump because he is not allowing them to like he's burning all of his bridges. Like if you really wanted to do a coup, he is burning all of his elite support uh that would allow him to do it. And, yeah, and think, there just isn't the popular mobilization or will for him in order to be able to like do a bottom up coup. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also think like when we're talking about this as a defeat of Trumpism, we're talking about this as like a defeat of the more explicit uh, bigotry or, or rightist form of politics, or are we talking about uh, the defeat of Trump as a persona, as um, somebody who's hard to make uh, long-term commitments and agreements and organizational forms with. And I think like the Republican Party of tomorrow may just be as bad as Trump, but more disciplined and more cons uh, consistent and more uh, able to work with their own than Trump has been. So the death of Trumpism uh, as the aftermath of this coup may just be like a death of Trump as a person and not as like the, the central problems of this regime. Like, so, sorry, so, her head. So yeah, it was confirmed that the National Association of Manufacturers um, <laughs> like called called Trump to or called Pence to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Th these were the people who lobbied for Taft Hartley, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, our saviors. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hey everyone. How are you, Azri? Doing all right. Got a. Have we quoted any Jean Baudrillard yet? I just, yeah. Uh, History that repeats itself turns to farce. Farce that repeats itself turns to history. Yeah, well, I think there's a little bit of that, as in, like, I kind of imagine, like, this, what's happening now, to not really go anywhere, to but be an indication of things that might happen. And, like, yeah. like at the moment, we have, I think, uh, in the kind of, the you know, our social media realm, we have people stressed out and kind of all kind of, highly tense and all this kind of stuff happening uh but in the real world y you know it, y you haven't had world war one you know what i mean or the treaty of versailles yeah right. right but like if the american empire like th this looks very bad for america worldwide you know really goddamn does and yeah, like how's, how's it look from the outside uh uh commandante alpha and forklift uh, hey <laughs> it looks great it looks beautiful it's yeah. fantastic. No, yeah, it amazing. Sea to shining sea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I assume our standing with the world is completely unharmed. But, it, you know, and that soft power shit matters so much. And, like, I think, like, that soft power thing, like, maybe it hasn't, you know, when I was on my crazy no sleep shit for, like, four days, I was thinking, oh, God, you know, the Saudi Arabian revolution is around the corner. But, like, that stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> It like it actually does matter, and like yeah. I think we will start to see 
I, I, I just I think it's inevitable. Like we're seeing it domestically. It's going to be somehow reflected internationally. It just has mm. to be. And I think if things get worse, what we look at today with Trump and all that, we'll see, well, that was a seed of this thing in the future. So like Brodyard, like farce becomes history. Uh, I, I can see that happening very much so. Yeah, for sure. Because the wrong take here is that here comes the fascist coup, right? That uh, cops and the protesters storming in are on the same side. Uh, the executive branch of the United States is completely in cahoots with these protesters. Like you can't really make sense of everything on the ground with that. You can make sense of like cops taking selfies with, you know, some of the protesters. Um, but you, you know, something, I don't know what, how this happened. A woman I believe was shot and killed. Um, how and why did that happen? And frankly, so then, so that's one question. And another question is, why did that happen more? Not that I wanted more deaths to come out of this, but like, you know, I don't imagine that was the only gunshot. And I don't know, you read about a lot of these like massacres that happen in history, right? Where you have a big crowd of people, somebody fires a gun, you're not sure who, and then it ends up in a big old massacre. That didn't happen. Um, it seems yeah, like it yeah, they're definitely rel- kid gloves. Yeah, yeah. It's a relatively peaceful dispersal. Relative. I mean, we're talking about a cop crackdown and all this stuff. Like they are, you know, uh, they are, you know, reactionaries and conservatives and whatever. I mean, conservative is a. I, I don't know what the word conservative means in this context, but um. Yeah, you have to wonder where this is going. There's also sort of like a reversal of the survivorship bias. You uh, learn about all the massacres that happened, but not all the massacres that didn't happen. That didn't happen. No, that's quite true. Yeah, when when a gunshot did go off and like people pulled back or whatever. Um, And like there are parts of history that you think it's, actually quite incredible that nobody got hurt in the 80s there was like uh the punk scene in oslo almost beat up margaret thatcher and i was dispersed by uh helicopters with the uh, anti-terror police dropping tear gas canisters wow. and they almost broke into like a medieval fortress where the meeting was held and that nobody got really hurt in that action and the aftermath and like whether just let police attack the run free in the street it's really incredible but nobody got really really hurt right and then and and sometimes it's just luck um and sometimes the situation that goes really to hell is just bad luck and it's sometimes just random and we might have been really lucky today for sure Part of this is because my mind is warped by studying revolutionary history. And you probably don't get revolutionary history without extreme mismanagement of executive power, like massacres at a, at a protest, right? Like, so makes sense. Um, so if you're like, to dance. yeah, if you're like revolutionary minded, you're looking at this like, oh shit, it's popping off. I assumed if anyone was firing weapons, they'd be fucking dead. But it seems like that's 
it seems like people fired weapons. I don't know how many, and we didn't have all that many people um, hurt. It seems like the number was five, including a death. But um, like, how much of it is probably just friendly fire? People <laughs> high bosom, <laughs> just like safety catches off. Oh God, I seem to have shot myself in the groin. You know. <laughs> Well, the, like, the woman who got plugged, uh, it seems like it happened as she was trying to climb through into, what was it, the house chamber uh, that was being barricaded by a couple of uh, Capitol Hill police. Yeah, she was trying to get through something, and she was, the they had, like, the windows smashed, I think, and she was trying to climb through it, and then she got popped. Like... It's most likely that they would actually pop a crazy person. You know, somebody would pop her mental health QAnon crazy, go in there to save the children and, you know, get these pedos who's like wild eyed and has a gun. I think they'll pop them. And I don't think like the Magatrods will like do too much. You know, I don't even know if the QAnon people would do too much because in the end of the day, these people, they think they can walk around with guns and nothing will ever happen to them. You know? The overwhelmingly white, they think like not this time to me. No, the cops are on my side, and one of them gets shot. I don't think their instinct is to go kill all these goddamn cops. You know, I just don't think that's the in- instinct. I think their instinct is to go. Oh, I can't believe it, God. You know, oh maybe this this is getting serious here. Yeah, I mean that's the distinction between like the real far right and you know whatever some of the, you know, Trumper MAGA kind of stuff is because like the real far right hates the feds, hates them, hates anything that they associate with the federal government and often state governments too. Like they might have some lingering respect for the army for some soldier reasons, but it's not really a respect for the institution. That's what that's a distinction I feel like is sort of lost. I mean, especially, you know, don't get me started about the discourse or whatever, right? Like people that are, are you know, for the government in one way or another are either revolutionaries or reactionaries. And the idea of being against the state as it stands is unthinkable. But the traditional far right, like a lot of the militia right, they have more of a sense that, you know, the government has been, you know, subverted and we need, we need a revolution. And so like, this is in part the first big expression of something like that on the right that I've seen, I don't know, in my lifetime. Like this is a, I mean, a much more, a much bigger version of, of something that you only really used to hear in, what, like militia groups or, I don't know. Like- yeah, I mean, since the 90s, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, since it, the- Because in the, in the 90s and the aughts, like, there wasn't an extant left. Just It just didn't exist. And so there wasn't a reason for these people to be backing the police eh. against somebody. Like, I mean... In, in, the, in, uh, the popular, in the popular media, you, did, you had, like... I- you had like people who were saying who were talking about things like cracking down on crime and stuff like that, but there wasn't a there wasn't a sense on the right that you needed state force against uh, against like an, an actual left or or left that existed. 
And so it was, it was much easier to, to get more of these people on the right into like anti-federal government, anti, uh, anti-fed, um, militia groups and and to get them really riled up about these things to the point where you actually started to have things like massacres at right-wing compounds and stuff like that the oklahoma Um, bombings yeah right right but but in the in the latter half of the obama years into the trump years there was a lot of there was a lot more of a left that was getting organized and loud and Mm -hmm. and so you you had a lot of these same guys who you know, maybe 20 years prior would have been talking about how the federal government is evil is now saying, oh, these left wing people are evil and we need to protect the government from them. And so they hmm. they just kind of, you know, are. That's the best way to put this. It, like they're 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 coming back around to the realization that the federal government is not actually their friend, even if they share a lot of the same sort of policies. The federal government just isn't as isn't as open and crude about it as they want them to be, and so now they're starting to come back on the enemies list. So, what do people reckon? Like, is this a CIA psyop? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. No, no I'm, joking. I'm joking. Seriously, I'm joking. Don't okay. you know you, you joke about it, but I I've actually seen that take. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think anybody who thinks it it just has way too way too high of an esteem for the CIA. Or yeah. really, uh, like I think any, that's any Alex Jones. Agency. That's a, yeah. that's Alex Jones's line, right? Like this isn't us. This is you know Asians provocateurs. This, you know. What, like, yeah, it's more than that. It's it's some other people in the right media sphere are like, oh, these aren't the real patriots. These this is Antifa that has hijacked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um but I yeah, see, I, I see why they'd say that. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, because they want to keep their grift on, you know, especially Alex Jones. They want to keep their grift, and there's like, you know, some tactical overlap. <laughs> but but what the fall or the like most Gucci intelligence service in the world that they they at one time could have a coup in basically every country in the world and now they're re- reduced to, to this even being a question like <laughs> the CIA has fallen so hard you know they're cooing they themselves like, yeah we, we <laughs> fucked up Bolivia boys let's just do it at home yeah yeah get it right yeah <laughs> The, the the question should be nah, man, this can't be uh, CIA. They would have the whole army in place. It would be done in three seconds. Everything clean, no mess. Absolutely, just do it. Yeah. But now it's like, uh seventeen guys on the speedboat <laughs> might be the CIA. Whatever, who knows? Well, look, this is twice. It's kind of sad. It's twice this year where the American political, governmental, constitutional order has been called into question somewhat. That's kind of, that's a hell of a year. Like we had the June stuff when like Trump asked the troops on the streets and the army said, ah, no, you're all right there, boss. And this time where basically the vice president called the troops out on a protest that the president was supporting. Like, uh, I'm like, People don't, I probably don't take it seriously, but like you've had all that stuff about force of vote and we had a, like a split 
in the left about like uh, a kind of like you know uh, a split on 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 I don't know would you say strategy but like a kind of un, un, an unveiling to a lot of people of a certain uh, certain sector of the kind of uh, left. So like it, it seems to be that all of these institutions are in flux, uh, and I don't see things getting better in the next couple of years we're talking to like yesterday the chief scientific officer in the uk now coronavirus is probably getting to the stage as being as bad in america like in at the moment it's one in 30 people in in london actually have it right now that's kind of unbelievable uh so like they're actually talking about not now but they're talking about next winter's lockdown already in the uk i don't know if anybody's seen that so they're talking about, oh, yeah, how we'll have to lock down next year. So it's like, it, I don't see like a release valve anytime soon coming from it. And I don't see uh, the desire on any of these kind of uh, bourgeois regimes in the West uh, of, of using state power in a, in a manner that would benefit uh, the general populace. So... It seems to me there's going to be a, a long. There is just a lot more shit to happen. It's going to be. I think we're going to be doing these emergency uh, coup live streams, revolution live streams every couple of months now in America for a while. Well, yeah, because you know, basically every every Western regime has spent the last forty years eviscerating its own state power to deal with these kinds of situations they they've like systematically dismantled uh all of the well i i wouldn't say every single but you know even even the ones that people point to and say oh yeah those are socialists still like e even those even those have been neoliberalizing for the past 30 40 years and and a lot of those uh a lot of those institutions that grant the state legitimacy under capital because they actually provide a public good for people have been systematically dismantled and there there really don't remain very many viable ways for the state to maintain order when it's when enough of the populace starts to say hey this isn't working for me anymore why why are we supporting this I want something better, and there's nothing better on offer. There is uh, two cheeseburgers for the price of one at McDonald's tonight in Washington. People should check that out. Pretty good. E minor, were you trying to get on and say something there a minute ago? Oh yeah, I was gonna say like the when the vaccine's gonna be rolling out like um, to the general public, it's gonna be like both like extremely probably extremely hard to get like. Um, uh, I have family in like Florida and there the elderly are trying to get their vaccines and they have like miles of, of cars just like waiting to, <laughs> to get the vaccine. And they're like the special, you know, the, the, the special group that, you know, they're not even letting like regular people get it if they, if they don't don't have enough people willing to take it, you know? So it's going to be both inadequate once it reaches like the general public has to get the vaccine and they're not going to do it fast enough 
and it's going to be super frustrating trying to get in the first place. Um, unless Biden really, like, you know, puts some, uh, you know, headstrong uh, technocrats in charge that really want to, like, make an impression or something. But, you know, it's it's going to suck in the summer when we're trying to get those vaccines. You could put all of the technocrats you want in, in charge of it. The The question is, do they have the material resources in order to actually do it? And I don't think they do. I don't, I don't think that there yeah. is that there is a way, even if the Biden administration puts all of its effort into like rolling out a vaccine universally, like he's t- in, in his uh, uh, God, what was it his, after after the election was called for him, like his his hundred day plan was 100 million Americans vaccinated by the end of summer. Like that, that that's was- what he considered like best case scenario. That was also Trump's plan. Was a hundred million, I think. Yeah. So, like, you know, it, it seems though, but like the, like at some stage, like you know, when we were talking in the summer and things were looking kind of mad, and we had a few of these live streams, like we were like, uh, we're kind of seeing where is the bourgeoisie and all of this, the big bourgeoisie, like where are the like at, at some stage, like, uh. You would have to think. I, I suppose there is no. I, you know, I'm being dumb here. There is no threat to the <laughs> current regime. Let's be honest. So, like, until then, you won't have any. There's not going to be no, essentially, large change in in the structural behavior of, say, the state. In, I would think most of these countries, you know, like UK, America, and it's it's. It seems just to be at the moment in the in America where things are most messed up, you know, at the moment. But God knows, you know, the UK is looking like a good uh, second act. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've been having this conversation with some people that I talk to on like my like, I don't know, lesbian video game stream where like. <laughs> You know, this one person from Canada is kind of concerned that, like, it seems like the right has a better claim to being anti-establishment because of the way that, because, essentially because of the way that, like, the center has shifted rhetoric to being this, to being progressive in a certain in a certain way that, I mean, at least in the United. Okay. We lost Esri again. Have we? Um, Let me see. Esri. Uh, am I flickering in and out? Flick, you're okay, but you're, 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 you're good again. I'm back now, baby. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, George Soros is messing with my internet. Um, damn straight. Oh yeah. Fucking Soros box. I want that Soros check. Um, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. You know, I picked a hell of a time to stop smoking weed. Like, wh- why? Why now, of all times, this shit should have to get really stupid? What I'm trying to say is that, you know, there's a, there is no real threat to the establishment. The fact that it is, you know, MAGA chuds in defense of the president that are sort of throwing just basically a big tantrum. And that's like the like a a relatively polite tantrum, really, if you consider what could have happened. 
if you had, you know, aggrieved people thinking that there is an illegitimate government takeover coming. Um, this is all very strange, but I think you're right that it's a sign of things to come. Does this mean that, you know, the, the, the right has, is gonna, does the right have like a better claim to being oppositional than we do? Is I guess like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really believe that, but that is like the, the feeling that a lot of people have. Yeah, like um, Tiberius in the, in, the, in the private chat. T Tiberius, do you want to say what you said there? There are some, I think it's true what you said. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you're saying like, is, is the right actually, does the right actually have a better claim to being uh, anti-establishment? And I think to a large extent, yes, if you count the left as being people to the left of the Democratic Party. Because, you know, when you when you look at the way that they have been like acting sort of en masse, like they don't support uh, the the establishment candidates, they they rejected the entire slate of like the the legitimate Republican candidates in voting Trump when when Republican lawmakers, um, you know, tried to distance themselves from Trump, they got hit hard by their base for doing so, you know, um, you know, after after the election, when when it came out, you know, Trump mm. loss and all the all the GOP and Fox and and these people are starting to say, hey, Trump lost the election. You know, the the base basically turned out and and started to very vocally reject them. Whereas what did the, mm. the left do? The left voted for Biden. Yeah. Like Ber Bernie lost uh, Bernie lost to Biden way, way harder than he lost to Hillary Clinton. You know, uh, there's there's a lot more support among the 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 nominal left for establishment uh, figures, uh, Obama, Biden, Clinton, these people, than there is on, uh, on the right towards those same establishment. Like if you look at the very far fringes, um, right. the the left on the on, like our our fringe is much, much like more consistent uh, about being anti-establishment, but we're also incredibly tiny and can basically be ignored. Whereas if you, if you look at the sort of like nebulous left and right, it's the sure. right that really is rejecting the establishment as it exists. But like, I don't know, like, I think you'd, well, you'd have to say that the, the left kind of a large section of it did, look to Sanders and Sanders was essentially, you know, gutted by the establishment when the establishment were happy to let to run with Trump after a certain while, you know? So mm -hmm. and I did him a, only after it became obvious that he was winning. Happy is, is a strong word for what the establishment feels towards. Trump. Okay. That that's okay. Um, that's, that's a bit, that's a bit, that's a bit strong, but let me put it this way. That, the structural nature of American media meant that he got a lot of airtime, like a hell of a lot of airtime. And his own personal brand, which existed before that, people thought he had, they had a large connection to him. Like, that's a huge element to me in the attraction to him. In, in the UK, you've got Boris Johnson. Boris used to go on to, have I got news for you, like the premier comedy show and be a host on it. Like back in the 90s and in the 2000s, loads of times, and I, I didn't know who he was. I found him quite funny. Like, he was genuinely quite a funny guy on it. 
And that's why he's prime minister, because he had like this jolly hockey sticks, uh, funny persona, which he meticulously maintained over a long time. And Trump has the same thing going for him. So I think like uh, there's a lot of differences between comparing Trump to, say, Bernie. But Bernie also got shivved. I think probably he got he got more shivved than the uh, than Trump. I get I just feel like the establishment are more happy with a billionaire, even if he's a bit of a weirdo, than they are. Yeah, sure. With but, the leftist. Ah, uh, I'm I'm not sure because you're right about the way the party is acting, right? You're right about the respective parties, Democrats and Republicans, but about the establishment more generally, that's a harder, harder question. Like, um, so one of the big reasons that Trump was able to pull through in the, in the uh, 2016 primary is because as you know, he was humiliating each of the candidates the evangelical right, which was used to being a power broker in the, you know, the, the Reagan coalition GOP uh, that had, you know, been the previous status quo for decades, um, decided to back him, right? Whereas in the, in the 2020 Sanders election or uh, 2020 Democratic primary, right? <laughs> um you have basically the opposite dynamic where Bernie couldn't really find that power broker in the Democratic Party to back him. And he also wasn't willing to, you know, set the party on fire the way Trump was. I don't know how much of that is structural, how much of it is personal agency. Um, so I can see why you would say that within each of the parties. For the establishment as a whole, it is, I think, less acceptable to be a, you know, kind of an, an, an open bigot in some ways than it is to be a someone that wants to regulate capitalism, more or less. Um, I... I, you know, it's hard to speak about the establishment as a whole. It's kind of a vague term. But, and, like, there is a structural bias towards billionaires and that sort of thing. But tr Trump is not beloved by the establishment. The establishment is glad to see him gone during the election. Every big company used its platform to say, get out and vote, get out and vote, get out and vote. And the underlying assumptions, of course, there being the more people that vote, the less of a chance Trump will win. Um, I don't know, like Microsoft, for instance, was, and, you know, I forget exactly the context, but on the, either the Windows operating system or, you know, it had like a little thing, hey, make sure you register to vote. You know, I'd never seen that before. Um, you, that's a, it's all a ruse to get that chip in you. It's like you turn up. Uh, it's a it's fake voting booth. They yeah. insert the chip. Yeah, microchips. Um, well, but, well, also but the you know the the Republican uh, presidents, uh, the the twenty twenty Trump candidacy, 
uh, got historically low levels of material support from the big bourgeoisie than than ever before because they they were dumping so much money into the Biden campaign. Yeah, and so you really did see this like convergence between, you know, <laughs> gaslit like fucking idiot popular front leftists that are like, well, I guess we got to vote for Biden now. And the big bourgeoisie. <laughs> That's weird. No, but, 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 but let's not kid ourselves. Like the establishment disliked Bernie and it's obvious and it's clear. But if Bernie had gotten elected, he would have ended up as any other basic European social democrat. And that means capital first, some welfare reform second. I don't think he either was like a very fundamental threat to the system. He was capitalism with like a massage share. It's nicer, but it's the same. Larry David's, Larry David's capitalism. Well, you know yeah. what you're getting with that, though. Like, like, and I don't know. In a way, less of a wild card. Let, let's bring in Kyle here. Kyle. Um, uh, hey yo, Kyle. We we're a few months off. The 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 coup has happened. They have got Mike Pence in there. <laughs> uh, Article 25 of the Constitution has been invoked. You know, we're, we so were close is, enough. Is, is this actually confirmed that they, the, the, the military and Biden and, and Pence got together and were like, yo, we need to cut this guy out of the equation? I don't know. We might never even know, but... Uh, oh, uh, Forklift is, is Forklift gone. Forklift is gone. Um uh, but um, apparently, was it was it E minor? Who did you say had actually called on them to do the twenty fifth amendment? It was the National Association of Manufacturers, and yeah, that's just that's just people calling on Pence to do it. There's yeah. there's no indication yet whether that is being seriously considered or they're just not pushing back on it because they don't want to they don't want to stake a position on that yet. Um, but it is it is clear that the military brought in the National Guard outside of Trump's orders, right? Yeah, probably so in they, connection with Pence as well. But it was definitely the Joint Chiefs who who made that call. Yeah, so that that was like a subversion of like uh, chain of command, um, right? That's the second one. There was one in the summer where the chief said, "I know you're all right." And this seems like it could be a second one. Also, from Twitter, about 20 minutes ago or something, they've announced that they are mm-hmm. um, uh, removing three of Donald Trump's tweets and also mm-hmm. saying future violations of the Twitter rules um, will result in permanent suspension of the real Donald Trump account. So that's yeah. kind of, that's pretty, that's a quite a big thing for them to do. They're covering their ass. Like, oh, yeah. So if you go by John Stuart Mill rules, right? The free speech guy that everybody thumps. Free speech stops at incitement, you know, where you're kind of goading on violence, okay? Um, Spreading misinformation doesn't count, but violence does. 
if you use that metric, there, uh, there were a couple quotes, there are a couple tweets from Trump that in, in, incited violence against Black Lives Matter and Antifa, uh, you know, by name, that didn't get this sort of response. And of course, famously, mm-hmm. Trump built his entire brand on Twitter. Um, and this is a bit too little too late. I mean, may, it is rather strong now. You know, when Trump issued his, you know, y'all very special people, n- nothing in, in the world has been as terrible as, you know, them taking away the presidency from us. We all know it's a landslide, but it was like a, a peace sandwich. Like, you know, you got to go home though. Everybody yeah. go home. We got to do this peacefully. Also, it's very terrible that, you know, we've had this taken from us. Like that tweet where he was counter inciting uh, was the one where they intru- they introduced some of the most serious locks because the false information they said could lead to violence. Um, but but, le- but Esri, it's it's like uh, with with Twitter or any of these. Of course, the like they let the other ones go. It's only when like right, it's, it's a threat to actual established order or something that it will become. No, a no, no. You know, that so would, it's like that makes it's, sense. It's just, you know, using the John Stewart mill test or something. Uh, it's, it's, um, how do you put this? It's like the Bechdel test for, for, you know, incitement, right? That's all. Like, what's, the Be- what's the Bechdel test? Tell okay. The Bechdel test is the, um, it's a piece of media criticism that is the most bare bones feminist test of a piece oh, of yeah. media. Oh, it's, so it's, how many, they it's, talk it's, to men. Just it's, what I'm doing now. I'm interrupting you because you're a woman. I'm going to interrupt now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, joking. A big post irony. You're not <laughs> interrupting me. Um, so the Bechdel test, again, is two named women characters talking to each other about something that isn't a man. You know, it's designed to be the lowest bar possible. So using this, you know, John Stuart Mill Bechdel test, like Twitter fails. <laughs> And Twitter, Twitter has to cover their ass now because they, you know, provided a platform for this guy. So I, I'm, uh, you know, wow, it's pretty strong now. But yeah, yeah, no shit, no shit. They are the damage is done. Twitter, like, <laughs> well, I mean, the what? damage was done back in 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah, they didn't, they didn't have a, you know, this tweet, this tweet is uh, actually not true when uh, Trump is tweeting about Obama's birth certificates or something. That's what, Gre- that's what Glenn Greenwald is for. Um, Kyle, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. give us some more analysis here. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I've been out for a walk, so I don't know if I'm up on the hottest, latest stuff. Uh, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been in the conversation so far, but I just feel like, you know, generally speaking, uh, in the most technical and narrow sense possible, the 18th premier of Joe Biden is is on course to happen. <laughs> you said it, Kyle. You said it. Speaking of which, so is this the first salvo in the year of four presidents? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, very potentially, right? We get Trump, we get Pence, get Joe Biden, who tragically dies of some kind of you know arrow to the head grope based transmitted infection um, (laughs) which leads to president harris (laughs) oh my god oh my god what were the chances 
I wonder what odds you would got on four US presidents in the one year and the final winner being Kamala Harris this time last year. Them be good odds. Oh man. That would be I don't know. I guess Harris is the is the black cop president that, you know, woke America deserves. Like that laugh. She has got a world class laugh. Uh, I just I want somebody to do a compilation when we get more airtime of her, like if she becomes vice president. Like I want a one hour like YouTube video <laughs> that you can put on infinite loop. You know, there's like sometimes people have like there's that song by oh god, I have to find a song, but it's like they have twenty four hour just loop versions of it. You can just listen yes, to it like all I'm day. familiar. I like that. I want one of those with Kamala laughing. She's got the best laugh I've ever heard. Yeah. So, so uh, maybe we could go to the the sort of weird like narrative of the inciting incident. Inciting incident. Something like Pence was sort of overseeing the delegate, you know, um, allocation for the you know final tallies for the election or something to this degree. Certifying and, the electoral college's report. Yeah. Right. In my understanding, uh, the vice president is supposed to be something of a master of ceremonies and not exactly someone who, you know, electoral college like controls, you know, whether like can just say, nope, that vote is this way. And the idea was based on a Trump tweet that I read, which is, again, in good Baudrillard journalistic fashion, all you really need to know, um, like, the idea was that Trump was turning against Pence for not wielding his power to prevent this. And that's why there needed to be some kind of response. Do I have this right? Narratively. Yeah, more or less. Give me the more or less. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the sort of like bare bones story of it. Uh, You also have the fact that, um, a lot of these guys are turning on like the, the Q cultists and proud boys in these uh, are turning on Mitch McConnell for not being supportive enough of the president's efforts to overturn the election. You know, he recently came out and said that, um, uh, that if, if Trump wanted to uh, secure this election basically for himself, uh, he should have put forward legal arguments to the Supreme Court that weren't like fucking amateur hour. You know, it, he's he's been he's been pretty vocal about like I like he's not going to use his power in the Senate to overturn the election because of how much of a shit show the Trump campaign has been in the aftermath of the election. And so that in in conjunction with the fact that Pence refused to uh, essentially refused to side with Trump uh, is is really what got these people out onto the street. And, you know, they had already been planning this um, this rally at Capitol Hill. This was just like the, the final spark that got them to actually do something stupid. Yeah, that rally was planned in advance and like was explicitly like calling out like the Proud Boys and stuff to come out. It was going to get wild and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, and yeah, and apparently like multiple. There were like multiple other Republican politicians calling for like 
total war and combat and all these other kinds of uh, inflammatory uh, terms uh, leading up to this crap. Yeah, and apparently a recently elected uh, uh, GOP congressional representative like came out and as she was speaking, actually quoted Hitler saying that he got something right in uh in in the fact that uh the the future of the country uh lies in the hands or uh lies with basically who controls the children so. yeah like the Hit- hitler jungian logic um it was a it was a extremely bad take on her part i think we could say because uh, there's like literally a million other people you could quote to the same effect no, no, no. Let's go with the famous guy. You know, what's his face? Mustache, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not that one. The other one. No, no the other one. Yeah. Yes. Face. Smaller mustache. A little more minimalist, more tasteful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or uh, Mr. Wolf, as he liked uh, women to call him. <laughs> Mr. Wolf? Yeah, it was Hitler's uh, like preferred name. When he was uh, talking with women. Well, it was his it's persona. It's he's a furry. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. You're telling me <laughs> this is a hell of a. I was today years old when I found this out. This is a hell of a time to find this. I, no, it's this, really I funny. picked the wrong time to stop smoking weed. I keep saying. And, and he, he, he's a re, he was a real character. He used to work, uh, walk around <laughs> with a dog whip for uh, fighting in his early years. Okay. okay. Calling Hitler a real character <laughs> is a bit of a take. A real character. <laughs> oh. So that's that's why they call it the Wolf Slayer, or right? Yes, yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh wow. That was his oh, that was his Eastern Front military headquarters. Oh. But he had the Eagle's Lair or whatever. But he did have the Wolf's Lair, so yeah. Yeah, this is all it's it, everything is incredibly corny. And Wait the more a minute. you read about the Nazi, the more corny it gets. So Hitler had a fursona, but there's another fursona. Did he have headmates that had fursonas? Is Hitler like, you know, Tumblr gone wrong? I mean, just just hit me. It just give me straight to the veins, you know? We're, we've already gone this far. I, I think the, the wolf you. thing was like the, the main thing. Uh, right, but, but I, I haven't heard about Nazi it. My mate was in Brazil a few uh, a good few times, and he keeps on trying to find Hitler. <laughs> it's, it's true. He goes like all these like dodgy German places in Brazil and Argentina, and like tries to find Hitler. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend who's whiter than I am, uh, who was born in Argentina, and I was asking her about it, and she's like, "Yeah, my uh, my grandparents came over in like the late forties or fifties or something like that." And I just kind of looked at her and went, you know what that means, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Did I tell you the time I was in Venezuela and uh, we wanted to, we were looking for a place to stay. And it was like myself and uh, there, was, there, was five, there was five Irish people. And we were, one of the guys, it was his turn to go in and check out his place. And he came back and he's like, my God, he says, this place is amazing. It's like, it's, it's amazing villa. Like, it was the nicest hotel I ever stayed in my life. It was Eight dollars a night with food and board and bed. Nicest hotel I've ever been in my life. Like it would be it'd be a four hundred pound a night hotel in London at least. 
And uh, we said, there's only one thing. Just have a look at the floor when you go in. So we're like, okay. So we're like backpackers. We got our backpackers and we walked into this place and we looked down at the floor and it had like mosaic tile. So it was it was a it was a big villa with like a, a like a courtyard with like tropical plants in the middle that was maybe like twenty meters by forty meters long, and then rooms all the way around it. And so there was this massive mosaic tile all the way around, and like it was wall to wall swastikas. Uh, so it was, mm. and the guy who was running the place, no shitting you, was uh, he was actually. A, an Italian speaking, uh, sorry, a German speaking Italian. Oh, and, uh, he okay. was like. So we were asking him, "What's the story with the, what the story with these like with the with the swastikas?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know." He says, "I I've just been doing up the place. These are original tiles. I haven't changed them." We're like, "All right, man." <laughs> oh, no. Nicest hotel I ever stayed in, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the swastikas, I tell you. But like, in fairness, that didn't that didn't disturb <laughs> you and unsettle you a little bit. It was. It was fucking mad. The guy, the guy had his like real, you know, strong German accent. Like, and he he was a chef. He used to cook dinner for us. We were a bit sketched with the first dinner we were getting. I must admit, it was like something from a film. You know, where it's oh yeah, this amazing villa is like eight dollars a night, and there's a German Nazi chef, and he's like going to chop you up and put you into the food. Oh, but like. Yeah, no. Um, but in fairness, most of, green were, room. most of the swastikas were were backward swastikas, but about one in ten was a forward swastika. So it was like a mix. Right. Yeah, it was very so, weird. Buddhist, uh, Buddhist, Buddhist, Nazi, Buddhist, Buddhist, exactly. Buddhist. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, do we? Is there anything we haven't covered? Because it's getting late here. It's like half twelve at night. Uh, I know Forklift. You're are you, you're mostly half one there. Are you up? Uh, are you yeah, up in the morning. Half two. Half two? Is it two hours? I didn't know you were two hours behind. I thought you were only one. Yeah, it's uh, 1.35. Yeah. Um, oh, no, half two, yeah. So you say it the wrong way. You say it the German way. Half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, so it's really only half half one. Um, but I'm going to, I start at work at 6.30 tomorrow. Oh, fuck that. Oh, damn. God damn it. Um, is, uh, but I'm is already there... drunk, so whatever. I'll call in six. I have symptoms or whatever. Oh, good. Good. Uh, what, has anybody got uh, anything else to say? Before? I don't think Derek's coming on by the looks of things. We're uh, getting corrections in the chat that Buddhists and James both use swastikas oh. in both directions. So don't. Somebody's here. I'm going to remove uh, Forklift from the chat for a minute and see there's somebody else trying to get on. See if I can add them. I don't know if my, my browser. Let Forklift. me check you. Um. Uh, Respect to forklift. Oh, here is here is Derek. Speak of the man himself. Ah, hello, hello. Au de contraire, or au contraire. Hey. I don't speak French. Yeah, speaking of Nazis and Hitler, by the way. So, uh, Varn, what do you think Varn. about Biden? Yeah. <laughs> Derek, <laughs> Derek, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Nazis, Hitler, Biden. Uh, I mean, we had our Bill Harp. How, how, how do you pick a side when both sides suck so much? Um, but anyway. Mutual annihilation. Derek, so is Trump on the plane to Brazil? Is that the story? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? His, his Twitter account is frozen. 
Um, there were rumors that Pence had had activated the armies. Now, now that seems to have been dis dispelled. Although the Joint Chiefs of Staff did originally say that they activated it on their own accord at the request of the DC mayor the prior day, um, which is weird that they raided so long. It seems like they were held up by the DOJ. Um, a woman has died. She got shot by the police when they get in. Right. Um, good lord, who knows? So what? So. I mean, I know we have a lot of people not from the states watching the degeneration of our of our uh, Republican Empire, but um, uh, I, I think Joe Biden is like a chicken wing, and um, that is where I'm going to stop it. Look, Joe Biden, you are you are, are you, you saying that we should eat the rich? He, no, Derek is fellatio on that. As far as I could make out, is that is that is that what's happening? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna tell you to try it. Right? There, there was a there was a picture. There was a, somebody tweeted it earlier today. I don't know if they saw it. It was like talking about the British press, and they had like some guy on a train, and he must have been like involved in some kind of S and M thing. But he was had some woman's boot, and he was licking all the all the like the soil or the the sole of the boot, and he was doing it like for about two minutes. It was very disturbing. <laughs> I don't know why am I talking about. Anybody know? It's very late here. I'm, 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 I'm. Uh, You're talking about authoritarianism. Oh, that's right. it. That's it. But like here, seriously, <laughs> like he he's gone he's gone against like Trump is like weirdly we all thought I thought he would back that I I I'm surprised that it's happened like this, and I'm surprised that he's like. In his, he's not completely backing down even yet. Like it is a little bit strange because Derek, you say they're going to you're going to like kick him out of the country or put him into prison, right? I I I, I mean I I, I, I said that like I don't know that that's true, but I don't see how how uh, Biden can let it can just let it slide anymore. I but, mean um I mean the the, the, the fucking um. The the National Association of Manufacturers are calling for the invocation of the Twenty Fifth Amendment now, like that's the bourgeoisie, yeah, calling. Uh, it is spicy um, teriyaki sauce. That's all. All right, the, the the chat has spoken. Derek has spoken. We know what sauce is on the wings. Now we can move on to the less important stuff. What are we saying, Derek? Um, but I don't see how Biden can just play the national healing routine anymore. I mean. Even though it's a farce, it's a farce that, that that obviously the GOP couldn't control. They thought they could clearly. That's why they that's why they had the DOJ not send the National Guard out to have the kind of response and force they had for the BLM protesters, and they cannot. And now it's really out of hand. And you can already you've already seen every liberal newspaper in the country call for the invocation of the Fifth Amendment or for impeachment, even though there's only two weeks left. You've seen. Um, <laughs> You've seen uh, what's her name, Corey, uh, the, a congressperson calling for the uh, with a bill for the expulsion of all the Congress members who called for um, the 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 um, the un Corey uh, Bush? Huh? yeah Corey Bush calling for the uh, for the expulsion of all the Congress members who backed the the alternate elector scheme, and uh, you've also seen the GOP back down on that. Within, uh, within, <laughs> within an hour, and Pelosi saying she's going to finish this tonight. 
I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, She's going to finish what tonight, Derek? What they're going to they're going to certify the election tonight. Well, look, you they would, wouldn't you? They're not going to back down on that. They can't back down on that. Yeah, they have to certify at this point. I mean, because they, man- like, they managed to get the like what was it the ballots out of the room when they're all running. Yeah, <laughs> it's so pathetic. <laughs> what a shit show, man! What a shit show. And I feel bad for all those protesters in a way because they're all they all showed their face. They're screwed. Yeah, they're all fucked. I don't feel sorry for them. Why would you feel sorry for them? I don't feel sorry for them. I mean, life's going to be bad for them, but... Like, I feel sorry for the ones that have actually mental health... Like, are actually not all there. Like, I can feel sorry for somebody if they've got schizophrenia or something. but But the rest of them I don't feel sorry for. Not a jot. I mean, I don't really feel anything for the woman who got plugged. I, I don't, I can't find myself caring, but I think that, I think the real like thing to look about with this is to, to go back to something you were saying earlier, Tom, is that, you know, this, what's happening, like what happened today is a much, uh, a much shorter live flash in the pan than BLM was. But ultimately like this is really mm-hmm. a flash in the pan. In the same way, but I think it does speak to. Oh, nice. That that's a that's a good resignation. Really, really affecting things right there. Rats, rats escaping the sinking ship. But I, I think it. I think it really does speak to the fact that the the actual legitimacy of the American national government is is being called into question from both the right and the left. Um. And I think I think the most that we see out of this right now, like given given the level of organization that's on both sides, which is to say, like basically no organization, it is that we get, you know, the the farce of the years of lead, like was mentioned in the discord. You what know, is, I, and I just years of lead. I didn't I don't know. What is this reference? It's like the troubles, but in Latin America. So no, no I could ever. Yeah, in Italy, too. I think they've heard of. No side could really do anything, so oh. their way of forming stasis was small small scale terrorism and assassinations. Which, I mean, to be fair, the days of rage in America was like that. Except the left was very bad at killing people; they mostly just blew themselves up, and the right actually was fairly good at killing people. They mostly blew other people up, but you know. So it's like the strategy attention shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. I mean, I think we forget how violent that even the 1970s were were i mean in regards to this in some ways this isn't new we just had a reprieve from this during you know from uh the from carter forward are are we going to see some like government ministers go into space a la like the french or the the spanish was it the spanish president did anybody know that one? That the, the friend, yeah, the, the guy who who got his car blown up and uh, <laughs> yeah. got launched over a building. The first the Spanish astronaut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the woman she got uh, she got actually she got fined. She got like nearly prison time over that tweet. The person who made that joke. Wow. Um. So well, I mean, we had uh, we had what Gabby Gifford and that uh, that that GOP at what was it a, a, a congressional softball game. Like these things haven't exactly gone away. 
there was a UK uh, Labour t- uh, MP who got shot and killed about four or five years ago right. as well. Yeah, I want I want to. So, how many times have we had this kind of storming into the um, the White House and such, or the Capitol building rather? Um, like, I haven't. I I just you mean historically in America. Yeah, I believe, yeah. I believe the only time that was similar was under Jackson's presidency, right? Yeah, they right. they they set up in all the sort of halls of power, like all the yokels came in, and people mm-hmm. in D.C. were were very upset about it. Yeah, so there there is something historically, you you know, kind of unique about this situation. And if you're like pro-revolutionary communists, I'm not saying you have to feel bad for a reactionary that gets plugged or, you know, that you, you need to extend your moral humanism to feel bad for everyone that got tear gassed, you know. But there is a bit of a there but for the grace of God go I. There and, but for success go we. Yeah, like yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, this is if not we ever had. Come on. If, if we ever had the kind of coherence that the that those forces did, and I, think about what I'm saying here. Are, are we, making relative claims? Not, are you I'm not making an absolute claim about the coherence of them? But if leftist pro revolutionaries had the level of coherence of the people that stormed the Capitol today. What would happen to us? I mean, we would have been mowed down, but I mean, like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's why so many people are upset, right? Is they're like, if that was us, we wouldn't have made it five feet, you know? But but this is where the palace injury guy was talking about earlier really matters because the DOJ suppressed the ability for the National Guard to go in, and the cops both really were outnumbered. Um, Yes. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, even though there wasn't that many people there, they really were outnumbered and they were underarmed. While we didn't see any arms brandished by the people today, um, which is actually, I guess, because they knew they could have been arrested under Washington law, they almost certainly had them, or at least people were afraid that they did. I mean, you go into the Capitol Rotunda, the Secret Service pretty much regularly has snipers there. Am I wrong? Because they're pretty much everywhere else. So, like, like in certain degree, it was allowed. And in another degree, it was set up to be allowed. The fact that they waited so long to bring the National Guard in indicates that they thought that this would be, that they wouldn't go as far as they did. You know, mm-hmm. that they would, they, would, they would get up on the steps, wave some stuff around. Everything would, everything would continue as normal. They didn't expect them to break the windows. And they didn't expect right. them to get into the to actually get into the Senate, uh, the Senate and House chambers. So this is yeah. the mirror. This is a mirror universe version of like, oh, let's have a protest outside, and Antifa comes and smashes the shit out of the windows, basically. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's, I mean, kind of, but it's it's really more a case of like this is, this is just another step along the path of, you know. Rove, Bush, and Cheney losing control of the beast that they created. You know, go on. Well, so so in the uh, in the aftermath of the Clinton administration, you you had uh, you had people like uh, Cheney and Karl Rove, especially uh, setting up the uh, 
uh, well, along with a lot of like talk radio hosts, basically setting up the the kind of base for the Republican Party that was uh, increasingly white, increasingly old, increasingly reactionary, um, you know, getting them behind the GOP on uh, contentious social issues and and that uh, setting themselves up with that base of support uh, was was how they were able to uh, maintain the, the kind of levels of power that they had for what everybody else was saying was longer than the demographics would support. But in doing so, they basically like created, uh, helped to foster an incredibly reactionary environment that they basically lost control of in the 2016 election. Well, I would even go deeper than that. Actually, I would say that, that, that this flirtation with stuff like the militia movement goes all the way back to Nixon. Um, and mm-hmm. definitely was yeah. accelerated underway under Reagan. Um, yeah, but they part, all, Reagan part of the how this was always working is they could control it. I mean, I hate to make an analogy to the worst part of unionism, but like the power that a lot of unions bureaucracy has been able to wage is not just that the union can strike, but they control how and when they strike. And that's the kind of relationship that the Republicans thought they had with these yahoos. And they don't. Like they're not, like they, I kind of think they thought they were control opposition, and then there was pipe bombs in RNC headquarters. Right. Yeah. And and the I think the first big uh, example of that is the the sort of Tea Party revolution uh, that that ousted tons of Republicans in primaries and took over their seats, and really forced the the GOP to reckon with the fact that they had become a solidly overtly reactionary party and in order to maintain their power they had to keep going with that because they didn't have a base of support that could support them outside of it anymore so we have this like republicans way moved to the right and we have the democrats moving all the way into the republican space sphere and we have all of this open space like it's not going it's not going to like it ha- it it inevitably will will be filled by something, whether it's either of them two other parties repositioning themselves on this uh, crude spectrum or whatever. Like, well, the DSA, keeps, the DSA keeps it loyal, and the, I mean, you know, for now, for now, for now, what? I mean, yeah, if everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I like. Do people see? Like, I don't see. I don't know. Like, I'm extremely skeptical about the long term viability of something like the DSA having a, that function or having any importance. Oh, I, I actually am too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the fact that some some uh, Gen X, Gen X uh, comedian like Jim, Jim yeah. Dore can actually yeah. mess up their day so much just by <laughs> quoting their own documents at them. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, whatever you feel about I mean, whatever you feel about Dora, he's able to do it, and it's 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 kind Jimmy of Jimmy Dore, master of master of eminent critique. You know. <laughs> Seriously, no, Jimmy Dore is in there and he's fucked their shit up and he's exposed a whole load of them, right? And like, it's ironic, like with all the, you know, all our shit talking and we're all commie Mm -hmm. podcasts and all that, blah, blah, blah. Look who actually did it in America. It's like somebody who's probably Green Party independent kind of figure. That's, I think, that's more of, of what is likely to be something that formulates a left type 
thing in America than our comedy shit at this moment. So, so, some stand-up comic that, you know, 20 years ago was doing bits on late night Comedy Central about how he likes it raw, like that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, checks I mean, out. I mean, that's how, like, that's how like Joe Rogan became this, like the where you go as for True. a center right is the same thing. But I mean, the arbiter of truth. The, the I mean, but also our our media figures, not all of them, but a lot of them. I mean, I wrote something about it yesterday. Tom shared it. Are the same fucking people, even on the far left. Like they they are people who come out of out of media studies. A lot of them are Ivy Leaguers. A lot of them had a lot of them came out of me about came out of Gawker and Associated Properties before they were ever associated with the left. I'm not naming names, but you know who I'm talking about. And like. They're not, they're just sock tens. They're just, they're fucking careerist podcasters. Yeah, but, but, yeah. okay, right, but, but even Tom, the rat- but goes a lot farther than that. Yeah, it really does. I mean, like, like the same people, the same group of people produce people, like, I'm not going to say your boy, but your boy over there at Truanon, Brace. I mean, like, who, who also comes from money, also had access, except he went into the PSL. <clears throat> And not the DSA, but it's still the same sort of shit. Yeah, I don't under. Yeah, I, I'm not going to doubt any of that. Like, uh, I, I th- definitely think you know we don't have like literally the left media we have like systemically capitalism will have its radical media to you know in place. You know that's what Jacobin is. That's what all these things. Why are Jacobin sock dems? Why aren't they radical communists? You know, why is why do they think Bernie is a revolution? Why is all this stuff like why are half the podcasts like these big left establishment podcasts don't mention anything about the squad and this voting or do talk about it in bullshit terms? Yeah. Like regardless of whether the Jimmy Dore angle thing would actually work. The thing is, it's exposed the fucking grift of these and, the you know, it's the same in, in the UK media scene. You've got your Navarra media. They're all establishment fucking come. They're not, they're not, they're not uh, proper, you know, they're not leading no revolution, man. Like, and we have to create our own media space. And that's just the the level of non-existence of uh, communists or revolutionary socialists in the West. Well, there's a basic denial, though, of like stuff like power law when it comes to our own media space. I mean... What I mean, you mean, Tom, David? you and I, you and I have been at this for a long time. Like we predate these people by what a half a decade, and um, we saw them come in out of nowhere, and and able to like pull in grassroots. And I'm putting it in quotation marks, but I think it was real in some degree because they had the capital to invest to build the grassroots to the beginning. Whereas we, being lowly plebs as we are, um had to build it very slowly, very patiently off of word of mouth. And also we never had the access in the same way. Like even now that I work for zero books, it's and, and academic leftists will talk to almost anybody, by the way. I mean, like, seriously, it's not that hard, but finding out how to contact them often is. So that, that, that we need our own media space becomes immediately like, yeah, but as, as people get pushed out of the conventional media space, all right, so what happens? So people like Jink uh, Uger and Anna Kaspashian and I should be somewhat nice because apparently she follows me on Twitter now, but whatever. 
got, you know, tried to get into the MSC world, the MSNBC world. They were even allowed to briefly, but they couldn't. All right. And you have an increasing cycles of radical left. And I mean, some of these people do, I think, have some pretty, pretty adjacent to us personal beliefs. Um, uh, but they, they suppress them to maintain an audience. I mean, like, like when you look at like uh, Matt Christmas, for example, our, I mean, Matt Christmas is like he's brought the back pill, but we've kind of all known if we've listened to what he said, he was probably the person sneaking left comp stuff into their books for a long time. But he had to have an audience. He had to get people to listen to him. And I think he actually did believe the Bernie thing. And to some degree, we all kind of did. Like, we kind of thought Bernie could wag the dog somehow. And, you know, some of us doubted it. I, I doubted it. But, you know, people just just threw it at me that it was the thing we had to do for so long. I was like, fine, try it, whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, I go. I, I, I've been listening to quite a lot of the Chapel stuff, like, uh, and I think, like, someone like Matt Chrisman, you know, his real person, real stuff slips in quite a lot in his live streams when he's just talking the shit. Right. And he'll say stuff and he'll talk about how our fight is over distribution. Right. If anybody ever talks about the fight is over distribution, they're your class enemy. <laughs> That's just, yeah. The fight's not over distribution, it's over control and it's over production and it's not over distribution. That means you're a Weber and you're not Marx. Right. And, you know, I, I can't believe that any of these people, like Matt Christman is the best of them, but like they're the same people who are on chapel yesterday or today or whatever and they're talking about how they think andrew yang's probably a genuine guy like give me a fucking break like you look at what the establishment did to bernie they they ran uh, andrew yang as a cool libertarian guy against them they ran mary ann williams as a kind of like a spooky left one to cut him up who did they put on his right they put uh who who else was there oh tulsi gabbard to the to the right wing anti imperialists, and they just sliced and diced them as much as they could. And you can't tell me, like at least Marion Wilson, Williamson, or whatever, she's the only one that you could actually think may have actually, like she actually declared for Bernie. Like the other ones just fucking did fuck all, undermined <laughs> Elizabeth Warren for the science fucking PMC fucking social democrats. They just slice and dice them, and it's all been put out there, right? And. I don't think these people can be taken seriously as any type of comrades. You know, I think the Jimmy Dore stuff is fucking brilliant because he's exposing the whole shower of them. I just think yeah, it's but, fantastic. Uh, as the chat is pointing out, you know, who does Jimmy Dore put forward as an alternative? Chris Hedges. That's who he's putting forward. Like literally the people's party of Chris Hedges and fucking uh, what's the dude from um, what's the guy who was in uh, the matrix on the council. Uh, uh, Cypher? Are you talking about Cypher, the guy at, you no, know, no, no, his the, the, the civil rights guy. Uh, he's a professor in Yale or something. What's his name? Um, come on now. In the Matrix? He's in, people don't know that. He is in the Matrix, so people probably don't know that. It's probably an obscure. Cornell thing. West? Yes, Cornell West is in the Whoa, Matrix. Cornell West was in the Matrix. Cornell West is it? Yeah. Yes, he is in the Matrix. Yeah. Cornell yeah. West oh, was also, what? yes, <laughs> He's in the Matrix. I didn't know Cornel West is in the Matrix. <laughs> it's the Matrix Two. In fairness, I think it's either two or three. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. That's when I the Warkowskis were like sneaking in their 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 lefty overlords, right? 
Yeah. Right, right. Right, right. But the oh go ahead, Esri. No, just in in the beginning, Neo's software is in a, a Baudrillard book. Anyway, that's my third Baudrillard reference. I'm cut off. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, but I mean, you, you have to look at you. You have to look at why these sock dem grifters are like are are you know the the main media figures, and, it, and it's the same. It's it's the same reason that forms the the large part of why the DSA. Uh, basically became the the clearinghouse for leftist like actual leftist politics uh, over like something like the wobblies like the IWW had a lot of structural issues but those could have been overcome essentially if if enough people were banging down their door but Although it really was hard to join I just want to it, it really was yeah no that's what I'm saying there's a lot of structural mm-hmm. issues I had a hard time like joining the the IWW and I'm, I'm in the North Bay area um, but but the reason why the DSA sort of became the the big left organization is because, like, the vast majority of the people who were going into it, um, you know, were were themselves like uh, social, like maybe radical social democrats, but still social democrats. And and the DSA is has been for the longest time touting this inside outside strategy, where they're. Uh, they're nominally sort of like aligned with and inside the Democratic Party, but they also have like this th- this pretension to like outside power bases that they're trying to build. And and that, that's the reason why, because people just didn't want to let go of the idea that there was a possibility of using the Democratic Party to push like socialistic policies on the national government. Well, there's also this weird shadow side to the DSA that, you know, maybe we should learn from and maybe compare it to what we see with these right out grifters is the DSA has a hyper localist, hyper radical like allowance in its locals that is totally unrepresented in its national. Um, and right. they encourage my, my local is almost entirely anarchist, for example. Right. A lot of them, some of them are anarchists. Some of the, there's some of them that are completely controlled by MLs. There's the whole fact that the IMT is trying to do what the DSA, what the DSA was trying to do to the Democratic Party. I mean, and, and yet, I just want to point this out. Like, I saw this mentioned in a, in a tweet, but I confirmed it. The Communist Party of Japan, which is tiny, is four times larger than the DSA. <laughs> the Raelians. <laughs> the Raelians in 2004 are three times larger than the United. I don't know if they still are, but in 2004 they were three times larger than the DSA. The fucking Raelians. I I was very interested in joining the Raelians when I first came across them. They had they had <laughs> money in Dublin. They were out every Saturday on on O'Connell Street trying to get people to join the fucking Raelians. I, I mean, was like, great. There's bring it to of, me. I was like, yes, finally. That's a great. There's the Raelians are the. They are the closest to the Posadist, you know, new future that we need. You know, if we can't join Starfleet, you know, you might as well join the Raelians. They have replicators. You know, they can do matter recombination. It's in the lore. Replicators, cloning, and lots of free sex. I do get why it was so large for a brief period of time. (laughs) Yeah, you can't get that at the DSA potluck. At least not the replicators. Right, but uh, that that's the social base that the DSA is pulling from, and and you know I I I've been like slowly stepping myself out of the DSA for for a while. I I am basically not in it anymore, 
but like right now there's a huge push to to make a hard break with the democratic party and they're and it's only been growing steam since the last convention but if if the dsa ever like actually did that if the dsa ever oh. actually like like formally pulled ties with the Democratic Party, it would destroy itself. Yeah, like, there would not be a DSA left. It would. That is it its would reason for being fracture along all of those lines in the Big Tent that that are basically bringing people together who who share basically Nothing. no political. <laughs> uh, uh, political similarities. Yeah, it's literally a place for recruitment for sects on some level and influence. And when if if it was to disassemble itself from the Democratic Party, it would lose a whole influx of people, and then you'd just be left with five weird Leninists, three Stalinists, and fucking X uh, N X to the N fucking anarchist cliques, and they would all just go. <laughs> Yeah, and the only thing that binds them together is this this kind of idea of uh, making an effect in the world, no matter how bad that idea is through the Democratic Party. That's the only thing. But like, I do think that's a learning for like general commies is that like if things start getting in any way close to real, people will actually come together and put like the actual chance of something real ahead of internal petty squabbles. And that's about all we're going to le learn from the DSA. Which, but unfortunately that's also what we're learning from the people who stormed the white house today, because like, they're not a coherent mash of ideologies either. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that's, that's one of the, like as a person who, as a person who used to know some of the people who would have been, you know, the, the ideological thought leaders of some of these weird grifters, and believe me, you know, I talk about a lumpen problem. I mean, basically that that group is lumpen and petite bourgeoisie and that's it. But like in a real sense, that's what's holding it together. I mean, you have people who for one minute are libertarians and the next minute are talking about making Trump God, God King on Twitter and they're not even joking anymore. Um, oh, libertarian hangout. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, is, uh, it is a strange, strange thing. And... While this is truly like a, a, an unfortunately uncontrolled and moderately successful form of LARPing that will breed more uncontrolled and moderately successful forms of LARPing, the, um, the, I mean, we, you know, one person is dead. Okay, that's it. That's actually kind of surprisingly low. Um, mm -hmm. It is, it is surprising. Um, I'm, surprised. I'm, I'm surprised anybody is dead. Well, I mean, because what happened uh, with that woman got shot, it looks like looking at the at the at the theaters is no one expected them to breach the cap like the congressional room, and then the 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 the, the cops had to actually respond, and they opened fire. Like that's what it looks like. They shot one person. They shot the person who went through the the woman who went whose hand went through the window, and she's dead. Um, but we know these people like to play with guns. I've seen them play with guns. I live in Utah. That like the fact that it went the way it did is something else. I mean, the the fact that Trump's Twitter is suspended, mm -hmm. the fact that there's a big congressional that the Republicans are now dropping their bullshit because I think they're now afraid that they played a that their whole like well we can keep these. 
weird parallel, you know, weird wackadoos in our coalition, and there will be no cost for it. Is gonna, you know, has gone a certain way. But I, I want to say something about to the left on this though. The Democrats have probably also learned that same lesson. They always kind of have, but mm-hmm. like they have been willing to be soft on on stuff like Portland for a while, um, as long as it was politically advantageous to them. And I don't think that's going to continue. I, I've not thought it before. I almost for sure think it now. They could do it when there's a Republican in the White House, right? Because the Democrats yeah. get to play opposition. I Here's my CPUSA talking point, okay? It's, it's easier to separate, you know, the official left from the, you know... I actually think the ruling party is bad left when the ruling party is the Democrats. Because when you have Republicans, I'm sorry, when you have when you have Republicans in power, the Democrats can play opposition and can play social movements up as if, hey, we're on your side. We're we're all friends here. Now, of course, there's a there's a parallel move that the Democrats can make when, you know, they're in power and whatever. I'm not saying that that's the silver bullet and we should all be electing Democrats because it makes the lines clearer or something. But it is, you know, it is a dynamic we should be aware of. So if if we, what Derek is saying, I think is correct. When somebody tries to do Portland again because they're outraged that, um, you know, black people are still being shot dead in the streets uh, president law and order will probably respond much differently. <laughs> um, yeah. President shoot him in the legs. What, what do people right. think? Like what's the, the there's chances, arteries in the legs. <laughs> what, what's the chances that Biden actually, uh, and the establishment due to like the Trumpist kind of whatever these forces are com- made up of wh- what they did with the clan. Like, will they actually crack down on these right-wing elements? I mean, yes, I think they're afraid of a repeat of the Janet Reno situation. But if that, you know, and to be fair, we don't want that either. I mean, this is one of the things where, like, we have to be very careful in cheerleading the the centralized state on totally cracking down on these people off of Mm -hmm. a kind of Smithian logic. Because I promise you, It'll be used on us, and I also promise you it'll make them stronger because this is already part of their fucking narrative. Yeah, the the House of Un-American Activity Committee was set up to root out uh, Nazi, uh, Nazi, you know, infiltrators, right? Like, no matter what what it is, if the state creates this, you know, counterinsurgent apparatus, it's going to end up with its barrel pointed at our faces. Well, yeah, and the you know the Patriot Act is is nominally to to defend against uh, like you know Islam foreign Islamic terrorism, but all of the mechanisms that were in the Patriot Act were essentially written in the nineties uh, to to counter the um, the uh, quote unquote eco terrorist movement, and they just couldn't get it passed then because they didn't have the political support to do it. Hey, Jake. Hey, what's up? Hey. Oh, hey. Did they do it? Did they stop the steal yet? Stop the steal. 
stop the steal. Jake, I'm but, not president yet. Have you got a gun, Jake? Are you heading to the Capitol? Uh, I'm already in the Capitol, actually. Um, I'm under Nancy Pelosi's desk right now. Uh, <laughs> are, are you involved in some kind of something with Nancy Pelosi you'd like to tell us? No, I can't. I can't say much right now. All I can say though is that um, she does have a copy of like the latest Harry Potter book, uh, the stage play one, but it's not open. <laughs> so I think these people are actually are full of shit. So, wait, are are you the one who's uh, mixing some fire beats on Pelosi's computer right now? <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure he's drawing a uh, wolf wolf art on Nancy's computer with a with a tablet. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you got some yeah, furry. Like that. Um, it's uh for Swampside ten dollars a month and up. You know we'll be getting yeah. Jake's uh furry art drawn on Nancy Pelosi's computer. So um, that and, that uh, is a yeah good F- fact check. House of Un-American Activities Committee was created um to root out Bolshevik elements, but also during the during its real ascendancy during the thirties was big on the fascist plot to seize the White House. Anyway, yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, there's this weird kind of thing that happens where people are like, the point they try and make is, you know, if this happened to the left, if the left was trying to do something like this, way more people would be dead, you know, or they'll point out how when uh, BLM was protesting in the summer, they had all of these, you know, cops decked out in like military grade riot gear um, and stuff like that. But you know, because of like the political spectrum that exists, there's people who flip that and are like, you know, why haven't why haven't the cops come out to beat these people? Like we need to, we need to stay cracked down. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to make the sensible former argument without triggering the latter argument as a thing. You know, right? And so, and so that keeps that keeps people in the tent and it keeps people like in the status mindset um, because it is weird like how few cops uh, were actually there. Uh, oh, you know, around any. the congressional building when this is happening. I mean, it's not weird, but it's, you know, it's very telling. Right. Well, I mean, like, I think you're completely right there, Jake, and to go even further with that. Like, I don't know. I, I, I keep on see. like, I saw a lot of uh, red, you know, red flower Twitter calling everybody terrorists today, and that makes yeah. me worried. I mean, um, and the invocation of sedition laws makes me worried. And um, the calls for the 20, I mean, the 25th Amendment stuff may be even more justifiable, but it makes me worried. For one, um, is it totally, fee- you are literally giving these people the bait that they want to start further radicalization. And I mean, I don't want to sound like a conservative, but if they weren't all out of shape and you know, but uh, frankly, they're in better shape than a lot of we are. Um, that speak for yourself. Um, that uh, they would have. I don't know. They could have been a real threat, particularly if the government doesn't take them that seriously. I think they may take them seriously in the future, but like, I mean, but the thing is, there was no plan on the other end. You know, like Trump basically just with zero thought into this, just kind of threw things up in the air and decided to see how it would shake out, you know, but without anything on the bat happening behind the scenes in the back end, none of this was going to be anything, you know, this isn't similar from how they handled, they decided to handle BLM in the summer because the early parts, they cracked down on the riots and saw that that made it worse. So what they decided to do 
was allow people to just kind of march around in circles for a while until they got tired and then just pick off the stragglers, which is probably what they're going to do with this, but at a more extreme level because, you know, you let them into the building. I think I mean that's one of the things that I was I was seeing people talk talk to leftists like this is good police work. I'm like, well, it is actually how you don't escalate. Um and if you call for escalation all the time, then eventually you will. And I don't mean to say they're more brave than us because they're not, but they do have more guns than we do. <laughs> and Yeah, the fact that they're strapped like immediately escalates the situation such that um, it's much harder for the cops to push back in like a meaningful way, you know, which is why. And there were also sections that were like, you know, during the Black Lives Matter stuff, like defending businesses with guns uh, that the cops tended not right. to touch at all, you know, because that is a that's a situation that cops don't want to escalate that for sure, because, you know, things could go very badly, even if even if they win in the firefight, like you basically like murdered civilians in front of everybody. And that's not a good look. I love talking to Americans about guns because they say like strapped and she got plugged and, you know, pistol whipped. And, and you know, European people just go, oh, he was shot with a with a gun, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, well, you, you, yeah. you get the same rap music and gangster movies that we get. Like you could use those words. You know, I've I have about as much right to use those as you do. No, yeah, I, but they're not everyday occurrences out there. No, I, I just listen to like Riverdance team, you know, just constantly. <laughs> that's, that's what's in my brain. Yeah, but that's why uh, so many and especially anarchists have been have been saying that you need uh. to show up strapped to protests. You know, there or um, you, you had uh, like when the the lockdown protests were happening, you had people out like uh, Robert Evans who were saying, Hey, you know, the reason why the cops are treating these people with kid gloves is not just because they're white. It's because they're armed. Yeah. It's a little both obviously. Cause there is, you know, yeah. there is the whole thing where it's like, you know, uh, you know, like where's, where's Bruce Wayne when Batman's out or, you know, where's Peter Parker when Spider-Man's out. You know, and people are wondering where the cops are when these people were out. I mean, so, I agree with that. And they obviously aren't used to um, they're not used to dealing in cities even. Um, and, you know, because they don't use block formation, they don't cover their faces. They weren't prepared for tear gas, um, but they do know how to use guns. And that's, you know, I think some of it, you know, I, I saw Abraham X. Kennedy today. It was like white people never fear the cops. And then. You know, of course, uh, Anarcho and Trotsky Twitter was like, of course, white anarchists do. And they do. Um, the other thing I think we got to admit, and, you know, I don't want to play into any of these stupid fucking neo post. When did they get the post? -left? Don't insult Bob Black with this shit. But like this post left, a.k.a. Mark's uh, GOP and Mark's drag um, narratives. But like there is a real sense that we're also going to see a lot of the radical identitarian left to use this to just shout out um, the illegitimacy of any protesters that aren't immediately of a specific identity group. Well, shit, they already did that during the summer. I know they did. I saw it all here. the rioting was white people. <laughs> I saw it here. I mean, like, in Salt Lake, they immediately... They, uh, there was a group of people who immediately tried to say that people who t uh, tipped over and burned a car, uh, cock car were all white. And then when they published the photo, that was not true. <laughs> um, 
And then they started calling the POC radicals um, white adjacent, which was hilarious. Ugh. Yeah, when that's when shit like that happens, that's when it gets ugly. Yeah, as as we said on Twitter, personal. you know, everyone knows that there's a distinction between politically black and black, which is one of the most odious but sort of discourse letting the mask slip things that I think I had heard during the whole, during the defense of Biden, essentially. Then this was first brought to my attention when Toni Morrison called Bill Clinton the first black president. Um, yeah, that one didn't age well. Well, I mean, look at how much, uh, how much left Twitter got all, got up in arms after South Carolina when the the local black leadership basically came out, rejected Bernie and supported Biden. Like there was a lot of like very thinly veiled racism that happened there. It's like, yeah, the the black leadership in South Carolina, mostly like uh, bourgeois and and upper class uh, have some really shitty takes. But hey, maybe don't be racist about that. Like there are there are structuralist and materialist uh, reasons to to dislike them. But like keep your shitty bigotry to yourself. Could you elaborate on that? I, I don't know a lot about that situation. So uh, South Carolina was was the big um, was the first really big loss for Bernie Sanders in the 2020 Democratic primary. And a huge part of uh, why most politicos on you know both sides of this question, both the centrist Democrats and and the left uh, believe that to be the case is because the. Uh, the local black leadership, the um, the black caucus within the Democrats who really do have uh, kind of I think, uh, Varn, you were talking about earlier that um, there is the uh, the mirror image of the evangelical right within the Democrat within the Democratic Party. And I think that is in very large part um, the black caucus. Yeah, they which don't... is over 40. I mean, but yeah, I mean, like that's another thing that people missed is the age of that group. But um, and they're well off and they're mostly female. Um, they're not men. Um, and they inherited, literally inherited the machines of the Dixiecrats and how they maintain those machines. And I don't mean to like, because I agree with you, there's a lot of racist narratives that came out of this. But how they maintain those machines was making deals with the GOP to keep progressive districts um, black at the expense of expanding progressive represent, um, representation. And that was outed by ProPublica. It's not, it's, it's not even, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's known. Um, that was true in Georgia. That was true in South Carolina. It's true in North Carolina. Um, the reason for that, though, and, and, and here I'm going to sound a little bit weird. I want to defend that a little bit. Like, they were swayed of being swamped out by moderate Democrats, by, by white progressives, because they, because they needed a lot of swing votes from the um, suburban types, which is, by the way, how Biden and Ossoff and whatnot won. So they, they weren't being stupid. It was just a short-term instrumentalized rationale based on a political machine they inherited from segregationists and it's they literally inherited it um because when when the when the these in the aughts 
And in the 90s, when the Republicans started winning in the South, the same the same elected officials didn't like give up their seats. They just changed their their representation from D to R, and thus leaving the political machines associated with the Democrats wide open. And the Black Congressional Caucus was the only person there to assume that had any establishment to assume control of it. Um, and in some ways, that's fair. I mean, right? They should have been in control of it from a long time ago. They should be controlled the Republican ones because they were really, you know, after Reconstruction who set that up. But still. Um, and what you heard in a lot of left Twitter was that the black vote did this, which kind of, that's not really fair. It doesn't understand the history of the region. And, and it wasn't even consistently the black vote. It was a black vote over 40 or over 35, I think, but you know, and people who were in control of the political machines who could get out the vote and these communities where participations in, and primaries are pretty low. I have to say, like, one of the good things about this happening today was um, online this morning, everything I was seeing was like, yes, Stacey Abrams, queen. You know, like, yes, we did. Blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, you know, like, I needed some good, like, you know, like, collapsed civilization stuff to, like, wash the taste of that out of my mouth. Because, like, yeah, I don't want yeah. to be living with that. I want that. If we could just wash that out of the news cycle and, like, minimize her being a thing in the future, uh, that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> we want some, like, yeah. so Professor Joseph Tainter and his collapse of ancient civilizations playing in the background when any time Biden speaks. That's, that's what I'm looking for, forward to. What you mean? Well, you, you don't like those those uh, Photoshop images of McCain and oh the sky photos and oh, somebody else? Who was I it? I love the sky photos. They're my favorite aesthetic thing to come off the internet in a long time. No, no, but it was it was the three of them. It was yeah, the um, ghost. like their yeah ghost the the ghost of McCain, there. the ghost of RBG, and the ghost of. <laughs> MLK, I think there was MLK, and it was also there was also um, uh, Malcolm X was another one. They had like RG, RBG, RGB, and bloody uh, um, Malcolm X. Gotta like it. There's like an it's RBG like gosh, yeah. vote for Biden for her like mural like in the gentrifying district that like I drive out of the work sometimes. It's it's uh, it's pretty oh. incredible. But I just wanted to say about the stuff like the security shit, you know, like coming back around to hit the left. Um, it's kind of funny. Like I was thinking about, like I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was basically saying, like, people get pissed at like Jimmy Dore or whatever, but like he's kind of just like if you took like a Bush, Iraq War era liberal and just put him in a time machine and transported them to like the <laughs> present day. You know, he is. He totally. Yeah. Is. I mean, he he literally is. Like, yeah. I used to so listen to Jimmy Dore back during the. Oh, I wonder. Oh, what are podcasts? I'm going to find some leftist podcasts. You know. Well, I mean, basically that demographic became Radio War Nerd, which was cool until it started hyper-standing for China every 30 seconds and almost buying what the Cow Collective says. Mm. I mean, and... you're not going to like the new direction our show's taking, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, we got another, we got another challenger, Dr. Ross. Dr. Ross. Hey, Dr. Ross. Uh, did, did, did you decide to become uh, uh, G-Stands over that swamp side? Is it now like... Um, um, hey. I've... I, I, I've started maybe taking the G pill, but you know, it'll be good content hey, for down the road. Patreon box got to come from somewhere, you know? Yeah. Hey, uh, we all uh, support Carl Zaw here. You don't, yeah, you don't be talking shit about my man Zaw. 
That's all yeah. I gotta say. We're we're going over we're going over the firewall. We're gonna get over there and because uh, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of yuan to be made. So so uh, you're you're taking the Richard Wolf strategy. I see. Hey, to man. be fair, I'm I'm doing hard counter signaling and take going full Jack Ma. So. Uh, well, uh, well, yeah. that means you will yeah, be disappeared in a few. You're gonna you're gonna join uh, you're gonna join Jack's Gulch down in the South Pacific. <laughs> he starts his insane libertarian experiment. To... Oh my God! He hasn't been seen in months, right? Do we even know he's still alive? I feel like I feel right. like that's gonna be one of those things where it's like you know, like some somebody in North Korea they say disappears and oh he was killed for political reasons and then turns up at some event later, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, that man was fighting for the twelve-hour day. Damn it! I mean, come on. <laughs> Um, but, hero. Anyway, nine right. nine six. Yeah, maybe he got plastic yeah. surgery and fixed his face, and just no one can recognize him now. I mean, there, yeah. yeah. Is, there there any, the, is there any truth to the rumors that they found like uh, JFK in the Capitol Hill, like he's still alive in there? Is there any truth to that one? Yeah, he was sucking off some Roswell aliens. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Doctor, oh, absolutely, they're gonna find some like Q dudes hanging around in the basement underneath the Capitol building in like two weeks trying to find the mole children because they got lost. Because <laughs> those tunnels have got to be huge. Someone's going to get lost in there. Save the I children. Wanna, I think I think if nothing else, I think like the last like rump effort of this group of people in Washington will be to storm that pizza place and try and find the basement. They already have. Oh, yeah. did they? Again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. That, that did happen. Well, I today. guess I'm paying close attention. Shit. Yeah. No. 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 Like years no, ago, some, some dude like showed up with an AR and started like firing off shots, uh, oh, yeah. demanding yeah. to see the basement to let the children out. I just, I just thought that it was they did it a second time. That'd be really good if they got five thousand people with with our armor lights on on that pizza shop. That's that's what I'm hoping. So, Do we have any? It's getting really late here. It's like half one in the morning. Um, oh, Christ. What if we had not covered? Uh, oh, there goes Dr. Rot and somebody else oh. fell off. Um, maybe they'll jump back in a second. But um, is there anything we haven't covered? I mean, what have we covered? Shit. Okay. Uh, um, like, what uh, happens? Like, fuck me, just two weeks ago before even Trump gets president, before uh, Biden is actually formally in. That's going to be an interesting two weeks. But yeah, what are those two weeks like? Like, fuck yeah, is, it, is this going to be this every day, or or are we going to have like some weird like centrist coup? <laughs> I mean, it might have already taken place. You know, like Trump might be getting a stern talking to from some generals right now. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think that I actually think that's true because because the 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 appearances when they activated the National Guard. That the 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 Joint Chiefs did it on their own. Then Trump claimed it. Then there are rumors that Pence, Pence claimed it, but those ended up being rumors. No one's actually saying who actually ordered um, the National Guard to come in and clean out the house, which they did in like a half an hour. That's the other thing. Like as much as the Capitol Police can do it, the National Guard cleaned it up like that. And like I said, I, like I when I said I almost feel bad for these guys. Everyone knows who they are. They're going to be all charged. Like, maybe that's what they want. I mean, you know, maybe they want to be martyrs for their cause or whatever. But, like... Could Trump issue pardons, like, immediately? Could he do that? Yes, if he knows who they yeah. are. Yeah. If he knows oh, their they name. Have, they have that the software be, for that. 
that would be brilliant. That as in like, well, have they'll have to get rid of Trump then if he does that, wouldn't they? I mean, they'd he have could do to it actually... like the eleventh hour. Well, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of yeah, liberal yeah. Twitter has been like low key buzzing about Trump issuing pardons for these people, and that being a re- and that being part of the reason why there's there's a lot of these like centrist liberal types who who want to reinstigate uh, articles of impeachment against the president in order to actually uh, in order to actually take him out of office this time. I think he'd be impeached if they had a vote tomorrow. I think he'd be impeached. Would the Republicans I, impeach him? I think they'd impeach him. I don't think I don't think they can get a vote tomorrow on it. Well, honestly. Yeah, they already do it. it. No, just hypothetically speaking, like I think there's enough Republicans to get a two-thirds majority. Oh, I I I, I actually yeah. kind of agree with Tom. I think I think uh, Pence to Mitch McConnell. I mean, he he turned on in, in 24 hours. He finished turning on the the Supreme Court. He turned on Mitch McConnell. He turned on Barr. I mean, like, he turned on pants. Yeah, what do you do with that? I mean, like, also, I'm gonna be honest about Georgia. the The reason why Trump lost, I mean, I see Trump lost, but it's kind of true. Trump lost Georgia is is one they activated the vote, um, the the liberal vote in 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 Atlanta, but two. They also actively suppress between Trump and Mitch McConnell, depending on how you look at it, both seem to have an effect. The Republican vote in Georgia. It was super close. But if if they but structurally speaking, the Cab County doesn't normally count that much. And it did yesterday. And because I mean, because they suppress a vote in other areas. I mean, like. Like the Republicans think that the that Trump is actually cutting them off at the knees because he kind of is. Like, talk about chickens coming home to roost, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, he was basically kind of a chaos agent in this last little bit with like the you know the two thousand two thousand dollars like payment thing and all you know because he understands that he basically got played and he's pissed and so you know if if there was a win he could take credit for it. And if they lost, well, hey, that's a good fuck you to the Republican Party, who he, you know, again, he always had kind of this uh, tense relationship with anyway. Um, and, and in any case, all of this is grist for what's he going to do after this? Well, he's going to do what we're all doing. He's going into the content business. You know, he's going he's going into he's going to amp up his parasocial relationship with his insane followers, you know, and find new ways to sell them probably supplements and God knows what else. And he's going to cash in. And that's going to, you know, and that's what it, that's what all this is, is for. And who knows? Maybe he will run again in four years. And if he does, he has a good narrative uh, to do that with. It was stolen from me last time. And this time I'll get it right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it. I, first of all, I don't think he is going to run again in the, in four years. Um, but even if he does, like he's burned the GOP. Uh, we were talking about this before uh, Jake and Varn, you guys got on was I, I had mentioned that, like, this is the GOP didn't leave Trump. Mitch McConnell, Pence, these guys didn't leave Trump. Trump always burns his partners, always. Like you, you look at his entire career. Like if if anything start stops going precisely the way he wants it to, he turns on the people around him who aren't showing enough deference and uh personal loyalty 
and the GOP for you know political re- for real political reasons can't do that for Trump because Trump is a real political liability and so now he's turning on the GOP and they he is the one who is breaking that relationship kind of i mean McConnell got what he wanted out of him like got his judges as soon as that was the case like any de- deference was going to be out the window you know but of course, also what Trump is asking to do is completely insane, and they would never do anyway. But yeah, will we wrap I mean, it up? I suppose so. All right. What what does Biden do? What does Biden do when he assumes office with regards to this? Because every bone in my body, and I understand that this today really sets us off, but every bone in my body says. Biden is such a softball, you know, liberal piece of shit that he would do like, oh, we have to come together and heal. Yeah, but he's, like, he's the healer in chief. He's going to heal America. Well, that, I mean, that's like, what he was running on. That's yeah. my instinct. Like, I, I, I know that not everybody thinks the that previous right administration now. because they're all criminals. You can't, you can't do anything. Because that's there has to be a safe back and forth transfer of power. So there's not going to be anything. You know, we'll just forget this. He'll just basically just try and pretend like the last four years never happened. And, you know, and these elements will probably be pushed back into the wilderness. And, uh, you know, the system will continue to become more unstable. And, uh, you know, they'll try and track to hold to the center. Let's see how that works out for him. Yeah. So what I, I, I actually agree with Jake, with the exception of I can see Biden not stopping the New York attorney's office from throwing everything at Trump at Trump because he'll have plausible deniability and he can't pardon them. And that is a real threat. Um, well, he can't do it openly and, yeah. and he won't do it if he thinks the back channels that he goes through to quash it are going to come out. Yeah. Well, and they will. So I think what he's going to do is he's not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything on the federal level. But they, they can let New York handle it. And, um, but that's, I mean, the thing is, that's potentially bad. I mean, like, from from the standpoint of, uh, of, uh, of social peace, like, that's not actually a great idea. But what else are you going to do? Like, I, maybe he's maybe they're hoping that he'll do something stupid and like run to Russia or something because I mean Putin has trolled him by offered him by offering him asylum already. So seriously, that yes. Is, oh, brilliant! He wouldn't go live there. No way. I don't know. No, if anything, he's just going to hole himself up in Mar-a-Lago. I could see that, or maybe, no. maybe I think I think I saw somebody float the idea of one of the Gulf states. He'd want to be somewhere ritzy, like <laughs> like Russia's. To Israel, he'd go to Israel. Israel, <laughs> seriously, that's where he'd go. Absolutely, no hundred percent. Israel, <laughs> yeah, Israel or UAE, but yeah. No, that'll that'll be the final final nail in Richard Spencer's heart. Uh, I, you know, if if you if you say if you're saying that you uh, you agree with Jake on this, you buy buy a transitive property agreeing on with me on this. Um. I mean, essentially, I expect Biden is to Trump as Obama is to Bush. But weaker. 
Biden is to I, Trump, but Obama is to Bush, but even weaker. The, well, the difference if, is if, if they allow if if Biden allows this New York prosecution, it would be a stronger response. Well, right? but he can't really squash it unless he really wants to be outed for doing so. I, I mean, think Biden is enough of a healer to to attempt something like that. That's what I that's what I think was elected. Like, well, then then we're in a feedback loop where that's going to get leaked out and then his own base is going to go ape shit. I mean, his own is going to be punching itself to shut the fuck up about all of its principles, everything it's raging about right now. Well, like, yeah. It, Which is why I don't think they were going to win in 2024. Like, they poison pill. I mean, Biden's not going to run, but you really think Kamala Harris is going to be able to just sweep in and save us in in 2024 i don't want to sound like mike christman because mike christmas will say stuff like well biden might be the last democratic president and we're going to be live under like republican united russia forever which i do not believe at all but there's this other um theory that basically once trump loses there'll never be another republican president because you know all the demographic trends favor um, the Democrats, even though all those trends are loosening, even in the last election, um, yeah, those people don't understand how race is constructed. Like, I could, I could see Biden like secretly squashing it, that getting out, and then him like posting on Twitter, like giving his dog some bacon with like the caption, like "It's okay, he has a little bacon," <laughs> and all the liberals just been like, "Oh, he's so epic!" <laughs> oh man, and that's the news. I mean, I, 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 Jake, I half hope the liberals are as that short-sighted and that dumb but like they are. are they are well and the other thing is i think i think the democrats could stand a good chance of maintaining the presidency depending on how big the massacre is in 2022 oh yeah that's true but which will be pretty big because they don't have I mean, if you look at like 2008 to 2010, our 90, um, was it 92 to 94? Like mm -hmm. they did, they were much clearer winners in both those elections and all parts of government and lost a lot more. If this continues, man, they're going to be buried in 2022. Oh, yeah. E, e Minor is, is pointing out that they already lost a bunch of, uh, centrist democrats uh in the house this year so yeah they have well the the, the thing is though like okay so i'm hearing people say that the stacy abrams thing in georgia indicates that a progressive policy would win and they might be right about that but ossoff is not a progressive ossoff is basically failed up like he's lost that election, that same like the you know um, house election stuff multiple times, and I happen to know that because I'm from Georgia. So like, you know. Anyway, last uh, E minor, if you want to get in, as uh, you'll jump out. But I, I'm going to have to turn it, turn this thing off, people. I'm about to fall over. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> yeah, get some get some sleep, man. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Get some damn sleep. Forklift, get some sleep. Um, uh, like, last thoughts don't, then. Don't worry um, about our bullshit. Uh, uh, it, it, see, when you're, you're far removed now, it's it's good fun. Um, you, you can just, uh, it's always good to 
to see such disaster happening in America. Let's be honest. Hey, well, we're, we're I, I far removed. Like, I'm not. I don't live in I, Washington. I have thousand yard stare emotional distance from anything that happens in this country. That's good. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, last thoughts, uh, Tiberius. Start with Tiberius. Uh, so my thoughts are. Um, it really remains to be seen like how much of this this level of intensity can be maintained over the next two weeks, because I really I really think that the the reactionary QAnon cultist right just doesn't have uh, the kind of fortitude or like protest knowledge in order to maintain it. But if they are able to to continue to come out like what we're going to be seeing in the Biden administration is Biden reaching across to GOP elite, um, continuing his like reunification of America thing. <laughs> you finally read it. You finally read it, Derek. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think in, in either case, um, what's going to happen like that's, that's going to be directly affecting us is that uh, his, his entire administration policy is basically going to be uh, centered around like superficial issues in America. He's he has no desire or ability to to make any kind of reforms that would make the Democratic Party broadly more palatable than it than it is currently. And there is going to be either a very low key ramping up of police repression of both the left and the right. Or it's going to be, um, or depending on how violent the right gets, it's going to be uh, more open. But in either case, like this is basically just a uh, a grab by Biden to try to maintain the kind of status quo that existed before Trump, and it's just not going to be anywhere near as as successful as the Obama administration was, as unsuccessful as his administration mm -hmm. was. Yeah, I'd mostly echo Tiberius's uh, attempt at the pause button that, by someone who doesn't know how to work a VCR. Um, <laughs> look into the Biden presidency. I think that Biden will push for maximum leniency on Trump. Um, and, you know, wh whether or not he has to use like back channels or something to like make New York chill out on, on, um, their own investigation of Trump. I, I think the resistance is in for a profound disappointment as it always will be in a popular front, you know, situation where there's, you know, no Nazis like. <laughs> yeah. Derek, last thoughts. Um, let's see. I think that this proves my thesis that if the United States didn't exist, the UK would have to invent it to distract from its crimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they kind of did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's explicitly what they did. <laughs> um, and that we'd be talking about how much of a clusterfuck Brexit is if we weren't a bigger clusterfuck here. Um, Beyond that, and then more seriously, um, I mostly agree with Tiberius. I, I think, though, is both sides are playing with fire that they actually cannot control. Um, and you can't do that forever. Um, I don't think, like, it's the end of the, 
I don't think it's the end of the Republic. I mean, I kind of wish it was, frankly. Um, not that I like what would likely come after it, but like, I do think historically speaking, we we're going to be in a lot of years of instability, and we dodged it in the in the eighties. Basically, actually, as much as we all hate to admit it, from neoliberal financialization, buying us time by changing the the modes. Um, you know, those countervailing tendencies that always seem to exist forever. But, um, yeah, I don't, I think, uh, you know, sup, Poya? Um, I think um, one thing that I, what I would like to see is even something as marginal as forgiving small amounts of student loan debt probably won't happen. I'd be interested to see if Biden even continues the freezing on student loan payments. Which I think, if he doesn't do, would be would be disastrous for him politically. But who knows? He may not. It's weird that we're you know we're dependent on Vesey DeVos. Vesey DeVos is even like froze it without Trump's authority, hoping that Biden will continue it later because she's afraid of the outcome. That's a cretin like DeVos. So we'll see. And we're not going to get Medicare for all. No way. Uh, we're not even going to get an expansion of the ACA. Wow, strong yeah. predictions here. No Medicare for all. <laughs> no end the Biden administration. You heard it here first, people. Yeah, and no end to world hunger. Okay, uh, um, Doctor Roth, do you want to come in with a with, with a comment before we wrap up? Wrap up comment. Earth calling, Doctor Roth. Doctor Roth. Oh, let's go. Anybody in the back room? J- oh, Jake. Jake. What about Jake? Let's Jake's go to just Jake. sitting here, politely smiling, has a you know nice part combed haircut. You know, looking at himself in the mirror as a dolphin, as you do, Jake, as one does. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think Trump was able to really like fill this necessary problem that like the GOP had, and that like politicians are having generally which is they can't give people anything and the system is becoming more unstable so what do you do he was able to un- had a unique capacity to really just smash that culture war button you know like i saw this video of this uh recently elected congresswoman from colorado and she was like the whole it was like a five minute video of her bragging about her big pledge to her voters which is she's going to carry her glock to congress every day in washington dc right like that's what, and that's that's what you get that's what you get you pigs like that's you know you don't get anything you don't get any assistance but you can I can I can trigger the lose by carrying this Glock to Congress right that's like the that's the uh, you know that's the Republican Party version of like you know whatever liberal bullshit they do for the for the Democrats and they right. can only keep smashing that button so long you know before uh, you know the system it becomes increasingly unstable Trump definitely like accelerated a lot of things especially like this pivot against China which you know, has now become completely normal, even in liberal publications. But it was an accelerant on something that was probably going to happen no matter what anyway, which would probably be, be a big part of his like future re- rehabilitation. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not going to predict what's going to happen or anything. But uh, yeah, just look for look for a continued. There might be, a, you know, following the rollout of COVID, assuming there's not a huge financial crash, there might be, you know, like a limited kind of somewhat return to normalcy just by people who want to party because they've been locked up for a year and a half. But beyond that, like there's going to be a heightening of the contradictions uh, within this decade. No question. And, uh, you know, we are far from being prepared to reap the fallout from that. But, uh, you know, 
the most we can try and do is maybe agitate and try and like present people with some kind of an alternative so they can at least start thinking about how to move beyond this, you know, insanely limited system. You know, we don't have like the same advantages that like say the S Day had where, you know, like the, the Second Reich was only years old. You know, we have like a constitutional republic that's like two and a half centuries old, you know, but breaking people out of that will be tremendously difficult. But maybe the instability will loosen things up enough that we can do that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, like I, I think I, I'm kind of looking at America now. I don't think America could go and do a war. And I think other nations are going to see that. And I don't think like I, I think that some of the instability inevitably that's internal now in America uh, is going to actually be uh, forced from an external source. At some point, something's going to happen somewhere like uh, a revolution they don't want somewhere. Uh, a war or some attack by somebody somewhere on something. And I think that will unleash uh, very strange dynamics in the core. Uh, I, I I think that this stuff is kind of, I feel like the, the summer has been like, and this together has been this kind of a weird dysfunction at a, at a, like a social media level. And that, uh, you know, all of this fear of fascism and stuff like that is like, it's an online kind of a thing. It's, there's not a real thing, but I think something is coming probably as America gets more dysfunctional and people in other countries around the world see the reduction in American geopolitical power that's plain to people all around the world now. And I think some of that dysfunction is going to come back in. And I think when that happens, we'll see something that's a lot more real than what we've seen this summer. I think this is like a right-wing expression of the George Floyd, which was, you know, for us, the George Floyd thing was brilliant, but like, it's also still uh, something that's kind of ephemeral and, and bubbles and froth on the top of something. The, the pot isn't boiling. It's like, you know, I, I think there's a lot more to come. And I, I, I just see at least one decade of systemic political crisis in the americas but like you know it could literally be three decades that's the way i that's that's my general feel i i think your connection to this as a sort of mirror george floyd protest is is like prescient because on the one hand it shows that like the actual social spark for leftists you know political rebellion and i it's not even really like you know starting out as a leftist thing but it's you know a, an emancipatory desire coming from oppressed people uh, being, you know, shot by police and, you know, trying to fight back against the state. Um, that desire is a lot less, you know, establishment bound than like some AstroTurf, like, oh, they stole the election. You have to come help me, you guys. Um, whereas the way that the establishment responded to the George Floyd protests versus the way that the establishment has so far responded to this, you know, LARP coup um, is telling where the, you know, the former was mostly like, uh, you know, it was mostly positive. I mean, of course it was, you know, not quite, it was heterogeneous for sure. But uh, <laughs> the latter, the reaction has been almost unanimously, unanimously negative. Um, and so we're going to see how that changes under a democratic administration. I pulling on Derek's thread, highly suspect 
that it's going to get worse for the <laughs> for for rebellions of you know people genuinely oppressed people against the state um and yeah um this is part of a dialectic for lack of a better word a perhaps a you know conversation of history of different kinds of incoherent insurgencies and you know this will likely be one shot in another conversation where the next shot is coming from anybody's guess you're muted tom by the way sorry um i, I just told a brilliant joke but it's lost forever um so thanks everybody for uh that's not true i, I i'm a liar uh, that's the brilliant joke, the bit that I lied about. Um, we're uh, thanks everybody for coming. We've I think we might have broken our record for a live stream. What was our record before? Uh, we had over seventy. I think we had up to seventy five today. Oh Out wow! Outrageous. Um, so uh, thanks everybody, and uh, sure we'll see what happens in the next few days. This could be interesting. <laughs> there could be. I, I expect it'll be a just ultra farce in the next week. Ultra farce. That's my just prediction. a complete shit show up to January twentieth. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, but like, there could be some absolute craziness, like in there's just some like Montana or something. Like something really weird is going to happen in the next. I'll be surprised in the next fortnight. We'll get something. Derek, you're in Montana country. What's going to happen there? Who knows, man? I'm, I'm literally sure. in Montana at the moment, actually. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting oh, yeah. the fuck out back to California this weekend. Yeah, you're going in like Utah. I'm in Arizona. Anything can happen, people. Are they going to get like trained, like or not trained, but like wild bears on on leashes, like grizzlies, and release them like into like the Montana State House and something, and they gore all of the Democratic Party to death? They're not that? nearly that cool, no. No. Yeah, they're um, really not. Um, e, 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 do we have words of wisdom from E minor? E minor. Not really. <laughs> um, right. I, I I was I was gonna say, like. I don't know. Trump might post some Iran shit again, but who knows? If they let him back on surprised. Twitter ever, yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh, I, the 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 only thing, man. Could you imagine if they actually do pull the twenty fifth bullshit? Like that would be insane. Yeah. Actually, speaking of craziness, the one thing I want to end on: how fucking crazy do you think biden's inauguration is gonna be oh man it's going to be wild <laughs> i mean between between both the left and the right just bonkers oh absolutely hope, bonkers i really hope no like lefty leftist or anybody like gets hurt like trying to defend biden come on man no, they're oh, gonna show up with popsicles in their mouths like being uh, like yeah we have to, we must defend our president derek that's the good uh, question like that's going to be <laughs> Like, who's going to be out there cheering? There's going to be like four people. Like, <laughs> I don't know. In it's masks. Like, they'll probably do the cars thing, actually, and I'll just be honking like all of his other rallies. Oh, oh my God. I want to see anarchists burning a limo again. That's and what I want cars. to do. Right. I'm going to bed. I'm. Fine. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Thank you, everyone.